This is Unfilter, episode 246 for August 2nd, 2017. When Democratic National Committee staffer Seth Rich was killed, a conspiracy was born. Caught up in it? This man. I do believe I was used as a pawn in this entire thing. His name is Rod Wheeler. He's a former D.C. homicide detective and Fox News contributor. And now he's filed a lawsuit against Fox News. Wheeler claims he was used to help fabricate a story connecting the murder of Seth Rich to the WikiLeaks release of thousands of emails from the Democratic National Committee. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Unfilter! Yeah! I can't believe you went there right uh, at the top. Uh, yeah, That's amazing. I, I did. I had to. You, you <laughs> sir, are a reliable cornball. That's what you are. And uh, I love it. It's, well, it's one of your lovable traits. Uh, lo- welcome to the show, everybody. We're coming to you live from the very comfortable... JB1 Studio. Quite smoky today. Yes. There, yes. there is some BCU smoke here. It is really something. Now, now listen, Chris. You it's know, a different kind of smoke than you might be thinking on this show, I, though. It's I the wildfire know, kind. I want to know why there isn't a wall between Canada and the United States to block out this yeah. nasty smoke because this smoke is invading our country. It's so it's thick. And, it's and thick. I think what we should do is tax Canada, Canada yeah. back I to think clear the air. We should charge them a few carbon taxes. It seems That seems to be uh, what's in order. Well, it's all about the credits, Chris. Maybe we're a little distracted because there's a lot of things to talk about oh this Oh, my week. gosh. Of course, we have a traditional cyber segment coming up That's here in right. just a little bit. Some interesting and perhaps controversial updates with Mother Russia. So much to talk about with Donald Trump and his revolving door. Debbie destroys a little more data, and then we're going to discuss some explosive, quote-unquote, is what everybody's been calling it, uh, developments with Seth Rich. Wow. And then we'll wrap it up all on a very, very positive high note. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. You ready to just go for it? Should we just, you know, should, we, should we just look at that? Look at what the chat room in there previewing a little bit of what we might be talking <laughs> what, about. What do I today. always say when we're about the cyber? Um, well, you usually ask me for my age and my sex, and I tell you, God dang it, Chase, for the 246th <laughs> time, we're not doing that on the air anymore. No! I'm not um, wearing pants. What? So there is a huge cyber news story because yeah. of the subject matter it involves, and I I don't know what it is. I don't have any bacon to bring to the table. I don't have any information. I was hungry. But every one of these major Hollywood breaches where they where they really amp up the terminology and the vernacular always reads to me as bullshit or even potentially marketing. Going back to Sony with the interview, now we have HBO. Game of Thrones, the wildly popular show on HBO, is now battling a modern-day villain when every bit as powerful as a fire-breathing dragon. Okay, Chase, um, what is a modern-day villain that is as powerful as a fire-breathing dragon? What what would... Uh, A hacker. Evil hackers reportedly <laughs> leaked an alleged script or documents from an upcoming episode after HBO was hit by a cyber attack. The Hollywood Reporter says hackers also released upcoming episodes for two other series, Ballers starring Dwayne Johnson and a new program, Room 104. My, one, my, my first thought when I heard this was, okay, so what was released? Now, it seems to be different levels of information keep coming out. Some people said it's a, it's a vast amount of documents. Others have said, well, it's a script for the second episode of this current season of Game of Thrones. It's some screen caps from the episode. 
And it seems to be like a promotional bundle that somebody copied and then released onto the internet, which is a total different level of cyber intrusion than somebody got persistent access to their network, removed Uh things off of central storage, and then began distributing it and selling it online. And those are the scope in which, because that marketing material could have been on on a marketer's laptop, a consultant. It could have been fished over a stupid email. That's a very, very simple childlike attack versus a sophisticated persistent network threat, which is a real cyber attack. It's hard to parse it, but listen to the language here. It's unclear exactly the depths to which the information on HBO's servers has been breached. but early Because they haven't said much. Early indications are that this is a massive invasion. I don't really understand what the massive... Massive invasion. What movie was that? It, well, I don't really understand because it, it does, it's, if you go by what's been released online, it's mostly stuff on torrent sites about Game of Thrones for people that want to spoil this next episode of Game of Thrones. In terms to NBC News, it recently experienced a cyber incident. Okay, that's pretty vague. Which resulted in the compromise of proprietary information. Well, that's also very vague. Proprietary information could be anything from your letterhead to the script for the rest of the season. In a letter to employees, the network's chairman said, any intrusion of this nature is obviously disruptive, unsettling, and disturbing for all of us. What they're not reading here is also they uh, promptly fired uh, their uh, director of IT security. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but multiple levels of departments having Herculean response to this. It's a textbook example of quintessential HBO teamwork. It's part of the world we find ourselves a part of. That's from the memo. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood has become a big target for hackers. It's not clear whether it's organized crime groups or hackers that are looking for the ability to boast about it. It also could just be an insider who copies things to a thumb drive and posts it online. And wanted to get some upvotes on Reddit. I want to make it clear I'm not saying that's what it is. Right. And I'm not trying. Perhaps this is a very significant compromise. I, I'm not ruling that out. What I'm pointing out is because the language and details are so vague, they can take something like like the interview leak, which was a removal of, of quote-unquote proprietary information by an employee and disseminating it. That could be the same thing happening here for all we know. Or it could be, you know, some massive cyber breach. But it certainly is having an impact on these corporations. Earlier this year, episodes from season five of Netflix's Orange is the New Black were leaked online. And in 2014, a major hack at Sony unveiled embarrassing emails and other private information. So what do you think, Chase? Is this marketing? Is this just simple leaks being blamed on a bigger thing? I, or I, You know, in light of the interview situation that happened and everything, I'm going to reserve a little bit uh, be, just because this information just came out not too long ago. You don't, uh, wanna, no, don't know Red Book, huh? Not yet, because... Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it is a wait and see. It is definitely a wait and see. It's but it's the, big, it's the big cyber story. You and I were chatting about something that was, I don't know, it's kind of stupid, I guess, saying it out loud now, but it felt a little disturbing at the time, and this story actually covers it. Well, Google announced changes to its algorithm search last April, aiming to combat so-called fake news and conspiracy theories. In a blog post, a company executive said the technology would change its search rankings to help surface more authoritative pages and demote low-quality content. So this this happened to me today. We, you and I were chatting about it uh, over uh, Telegram. Yeah, where uh, I was searching for something, and uh, it was uh, it was it was about Seth Rich, and uh, I searched on Google several times throughout the morning, and it never showed up. And I was like, "Well, why is this not? This is like this has been talked about on TV in news coverage. Yeah, like, it's it's happening right now. Why is it not? Why are we not seeing this? Yeah. And so uh, I I don't know why it took me so long to figure it out, but I went over to Bing. 
did the search. Immediately was the first result. I went over to DuckDuckGo and I did the search. It was immediately the first result. So, I mean, is this uh, Google's advanced algorithm that if they saw these keywords put together that all of a sudden it would just go away? That kind of thing? I, well, that seems to be what they're implying here. But according to my next guest, some believe this new algorithm is doing more than filtering out fake news. Andre Demin, uh, Andre Demin, reporter for the World Socialist website. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So before the election, many on the right were complaining that conservative articles were not coming up on Google searches. And now we're hearing something similar from the other side of the aisle. So you believe that the website you work for in particular is being targeted? So anyways, we don't need to hear his sob story. That to me is, it's, it's, it seems too far. It seems editorial. And that, I guess, isn't totally new for Google. You know, but. I, this has happened with Google before where, you know, they, they constantly tweak their algorithm. Like, for example, but to aren't combat they supposed like, to be, these ad farms and things like aren't that. Aren't they supposed to be an index of the world's knowledge? And if, if I want to do, if I, if I am a hardcore leftist or a hardcore rightist and I want to read or listen to what right. somebody else is saying and I want to do self-education. Right. Shouldn't I, that be what Google's for and not deciding what is um, – well? because it's essentially thought policing. Well, yes and no. I, 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 just because of the fact that – remember that time that they – a lot of people started gaming Google so, search results by you know all they had to do was put links within links and, and then they had these big ad farms, right? And so you try to combat that with an automated process. I think here Google – obviously they, they want to try to get away from people that are – propagating straight lies, right? And and just just straight untruths and and straight just bad stuff. At the same time you got to balance that with the legitimate stuff and this is where, you know, all the brains in the world is probably not getting it right. I I don't think this is intentional. I don't think they're they're trying to block out people getting information. It's just a Well, it seems a, pretty intentional. Well, it seems like they're actually making they're they're actively they're actively creating code to to make sure that certain so can you think about it so the term that i was searching for came up in, in the last 24 hours and it was something that was in the news cycle within the last 24 hours right so somebody at google had to take action within a 24-hour time period to put this phrase on a list to make sure that when people searched for it they wouldn't get any results now have you tried with google doing the same same search term but instead of just doing the general search index going over to the news section and searching from there no but i did try a bunch of different um i did try a bunch of different like rephrasings of the same search right. like i tried reordering the words and right. things like that and i got nothing so i'm going to do you, the search right now and have you tried incognito mode it still doesn't show up it's still not showing up, right. even so, right now. Okay, I'll try incognito. All right, now, and, and then, no, it's still not showing up. And then up. try, uh, so hit the news tab at all the right. top there and see what you get. News tab. Still not showing up. And it's a website, too. It's a .com that uh, is, you know, being linked by, by news agencies. Right. So I'll tell you that, I'll tell you uh, the, the, uh, the claim, the, the phrase is debunking Rod Wheeler's claims. And when I search on Google for that, I get a much different result than if I go to, say, DuckDuckGo. So let's go over to – or should we do Bing? Would that be funnier? Let's go to Bing because <laughs> Bing's kind of funny. Well, I mean – Everybody knows DuckDuckGo is probably legit. But Bing, right? Bing. Yeah, Bing. Which... So we go to Bing and uh, boom, right there. Top results right there. Plus uh, videos about debunking Rod Wheeler's claims right here. There's, uh, there's like there's, – there is a huge agenda difference you know what I noticed, though? But, Look at but, that. So their top story is PBS and NPR. That's their top links. 
And then uh, now, Bing's is... Now, look at that top result, for example. Notice it's just a .com, yeah. no description. I understand. And, and but I, you're telling me that Google, with all their power, with, with Fox and New York Times linking to them, so, so and people th- searching for them don't know... But one likes, thing I've learned about Google SEO... and, and I'm not hold, buying that. Hold on. Let me finish. you got to sure. look at both sides here i'm there's no way just because they didn't properly put a title up there dude all i know is google does like give priority to sites that are web friendly that are mobile friendly that have the right tagging that that have all those things right it's not just based upon linking linking. right right but if you you have that in the algorithm who knows yeah okay you know, but they have other links on the top that I bet get a lot less links, like zerohedge.com is not a huge site, and that's up there too. So they have links to stuff that are obviously getting less traffic than that site right now today, especially. So that's, that's why I think it's an algorithm thing. I, that's why I think I it's on an active list that says do not surface those results. It's got to be. What happens if That you... or Google is incapable of recognizing any popular trend on the internet, which seems unlikely. Right, let me ask you one other thing. Is there a possibility... That that site has blocked Google from indexing it. Then, but all of the other ones? Well, no. Like that's why it shows up on Bing. That's why it shows up on DuckDuckGo. Is it possible that they maybe put something in the robots.txt? Well, I would tell you. So, because of the motivation behind the site and the fact that they're seeking as much publicity as possible, Axiom saying try Google.ca. You know, but you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I doubt it, but I don't know. Right. Here's, here's, the, so here's the note of it. Here's just to note. The I'm note. just saying there's a lot of possibilities that I think I we're not fully considering. I agree, but just note this story well, Google in context. Google announced changes yeah. to yeah, its totally. algorithm search last April, aiming to combat so-called fake news and conspiracy theories. In a blog post, a company executive said the technology would change its search rankings to help surface more authoritative pages. So here's my thinking, is uh, because what it... What it is, is it's a website that is trying to counter the new narrative around Seth Rich. Right. It's a pushback trying to decredit Rob Wheeler, or right. whatever his name is. And so it's, I think, been deemed as fake news by someone at Google. Some arbiter has decided it is fake news and does not expose it on the dominant search engine, the one that has a monopoly in search. I think that's a big deal because it's essentially, it's just audio recordings of conversations. It's it's it has a motivation in its posting, but the content itself has no bias because it's just recording people's frank conversations they didn't know were being recorded, and yet they are suppressing that in the search results. Right. That's, a- and now they're coming on more than more than one day. So. Axiom in the chat room saying it's a sixth link down on Google.ca. Interesting. It's yeah. a top link on other search engines. I just find yeah. that to be scary a little bit because I I don't know what the topic is. I can't really think of a topic that I would want Google. It's not like child porn related or uh, abuse related. I, I can't really think of the topic that I would want Google censoring. I guess what I would like is for that to be part of safe search. How about that? How's that for a compromise? Right. So if safe search is on, then you can protect me from porn and fake news. And if safe search is off, let me have the unfiltered internet. It just seems to be. Uh, I tried searching on uh, Alta Vista, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Did you check out ask.com for me real quick? <laughs> um, so I want to just – so let's jump into oh, Russia. It still works. Let's go back in time. Uh, we'll, we're going to cover some, some relevant information from a little bit ago that we're getting updates on. And then we're going to move forward to uh, the sanctions and things like that. So starting with um, how we originally got some of the names of people involved with Trump that could be in some way dealing with folks in Russia – uh, like uh, Chase's uh, Chase's buddy, who's the f- who is the my good friend? Who is I've tried, it's all coming together now? Who or it's all blurring together now? Who right. was the first guy that was out in the Trump administration because of the Russia stuff? Flynn. 
Yeah, I think it was it was General Flynn. Yeah, it was. It was. Flynn. And yeah. then the next guy out uh, was, was uh, Comey. I think Comey was fired, right? Okay. okay. So it was a l- there's been a little bit of time in there. Yeah. Yeah. And Flynn also had the privilege of being the first guy whose name was unmasked and leaked to the press. Right? Remember right. that? Yes. And so that's how Flynn's name the came up. The unmasking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a little information about the big unmasking. This letter obtained by Fox News, the Republican chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunez, updates uh. the nation's intelligence chief, DNI Dan Coats, on the status of the unmasking investigation. Three of the nation's intelligence agencies received subpoenas in May, explicitly naming three top officials of the Obama administration. Former CIA Director John Brennan, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, and former U.N. Ambassador Samantha Power. Okay, Susan Rice? Um, okay, I can kind of see it. But U.N. Ambassador? An ambassador? who She has massive... Uh, that... This this is a little odd, and um, stay tuned for an audio clip in the overtime that might add a little more context to Brennan. Samantha Power. In what appears to be a reference to Power, Nunez writes, one official whose position had no apparent intelligence-related function made hundreds of unmasking requests huh. during the final year of the Obama administration. Oh. The letter continues, Obama-era officials sought the identities of Trump transition officials within intelligence reports. However, there was no meaningful explanation offered by these officials officials as to why they needed or how they would use this U.S. person information. Oh, and, and one other little bit of interesting about this U.S. person information, uh, some things were released that then the FBI had to uh, go get recalled, and they had because it was illegal to be disseminated amongst certain levels of the federal government, and they had to ask people to please send back that classified information. That's NSA intelligence, and you shouldn't have those names on there. And of course, it was up to people to send it back, and you can imagine how that might lead to leaks. Mm-hmm. Now, moving forward in time, let's talk about that uh, that big meeting that uh, Chase's good buddy, My friend. Donald Trump Jr., had Junior. with the Russian lawyer who only wants to talk about children and is totally not connected to the Russian government, except, well, that one guy that says she is. Person information. Where? During public testimony, an American who has done business in Russia... Cla- All right, so, just to frame this, we this isn't like, this isn't like super solid, but a business guy who uh, has done business in Russia, says, yeah, that lawyer, totally uh, an agent of the government. American who has done business in Russia claimed the lawyer at the 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and Paul Manafort, among... Oh, Manafort. That was the, really ah, the first guy yes, out, really. Yes, yes, right. Uh, yeah. But, okay, so these guys all get there to talk about children. Uh, these three really outstanding human beings who really only care about the children, and this lawyer who's represented people who have interest in the sanctions... Uh, all get together. Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and Paul Manafort, among others, was directly tied to Moscow. She's worked for the FSB, the FSB being the successor organization to the KGB. Oh. Anti-corruption campaigner Bill Browder testified Natalia Veselnitskaya was Moscow's point of contact for oh. repealing U.S. sanctions. Oh, now all of a sudden that meeting's making a lot more sense, well, isn't wait, it? Wait, Chris, I... I swear, I thought this meeting was about Russian adoptions. Yeah. Who was, I got, you know, if I had just five more minutes, you know what I would have looked at was that time of Putin's announcement that they weren't going to do anything in response to the sanctions. I'd love to know where that is on the timeline compared to when this meeting took place. Oh, yes. Yes. Wasn't that like September, October? I I don't know. I'll I'll see if I can find it real quick. You know, you got to figure, of course it was about the sanctions. It wouldn't be worth their time otherwise. 
And of course it was dirt. I bet it was. It was I, around Thanksgiving, remember? Because he was inviting him over Thanksgiving, remember? Yeah, that's right. You're yes. right. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Um, so the emails are all about dirt on Hillary. So yeah. they're going into this thinking, all right, we're set. They had to be thinking, we're setting up a business arrangement now. This is about setting up business. Now, how fruitful it was, who the F knows. But uh, that, that whole line about the children. This <laughs> point of contact for repealing oh, U.S. Man. sanctions imposed after the alleged murder of Browder's lawyer. Russian President Putin retaliated, blocking adoptions to American parents, reportedly a yep. subject of conversation at the 2016 meeting. Nobody was talking about adoption. They were talking about the repeal of sanctions so that Russian torturers and murderers could freely travel and keep oh. their money in America. I, I, now I know how he feels. Browder said the Russian lawyer hired an American opposition research firm to smear him and plant false stories in the media. What was the name of that, uh, of that firm, Chase? Uh, I don't remember, Chris. The same firm commissioned the unverified, salacious anti-Trump dossier. That's right. Fusion GPS. (laughs) Oh, it's funny how they just keep coming up again. They just, that's that's weird how that works out. Super ding. So in the the background, there's been a back and forth that hasn't gotten a lot of attention until just in the last couple of days. And this back and forth has been about the sanctions that have been brewing in the lower levels of government. And uh, it is it is it's a three part it's a three pronged sanction. It goes after uh, North Korea, Iran, and um, no, I'm sorry, is it North Korea or Syria? I can't remember. But the two that are matter is it goes after Iran and of course the big one, Russia. Now where it goes after Russia for is meddling in the election, which is still in the process of being proven. But let's go ahead and throw the sanctions on. And uh, you could probably you could probably imagine how this has caused a bit of political discussion. I mean, even since the G20 summit, this has been in the works. It's been in the works for a while. It's yeah. been causing a lot of back and forth. And the thing that's been causing the biggest back and forth in it is they are baking in essentially an extremely hard path for Trump to remove these sanctions. Initially, there was no path for Trump to remove the sanctions. The White House pushed back on, on that. And now they have this really kind of chicken shit way where Trump can do it, but Congress has a real easy go-to mechanism to override him. <laughs> so uh, it is sort of interesting because it really positions Trump in a tough spot. If he doesn't sign this bill... He signed it today. Yeah, I know. Don't, don't, I know. don't get ahead. Don't get ahead. If he doesn't sign the bill... Uh, if he doesn't sign the bill, then he see now he threw me off my game. If he doesn't sign the bill, then uh, he looks like he's being soft on Russia. Right. If he does sign the bill, he's removing some powers from the executive office, which is not going to be uh, something he's a big fan of. And while all of this is brewing, Russia is responding from above. It hardly looks like the kind of place to be at the center of a diplomatic row between Washington and the Kremlin. But the Russian government said today it's seizing this unassuming retreat for American diplomats and a storage facility the embassy uses. And this is a really interesting, I don't know why this guy had to fly, this, this NBC guy flew all the way all to the way Moscow for yeah. this shot. The American country house outside Moscow is now gated shut. And over the next month and a half, Russia says it will be sending hundreds of Americans home, putting a cap on the number of Americans who can serve in this country at 455. That is an unbelievable amount already, which is exactly the same amount they have here. But what is, I think, more interesting in telling about it is they had a thousand. They had over a thousand. And this is supposedly a recreational chill spot for diplomats. Right. Yeah. This this facility is a a retreat. And and when I saw the video of this and I and I saw this facility and the furniture being moved out, I was just like, this this is our tax dollars at work. Yeah. 
Yeah. This you you and I tax dollars, Chris, goes to this. Yeah. This, for a retreat. This also kind of this is kind of a staggering because it looks like a huge campground. Look at all the barbecues they got yeah. there, and they got picnic the picnic tables and big and, lounge chairs, and and they have covered uh, big barbecue areas. This is. This looks like a nice campground in the Pacific Northwest. It's green. It's lush. It it's and so Russia Russian I guess uh, contractors does are it, coming in and just clearing this place I mean, out. Does that mean I can like you know go over there? Is this American land can on we, Russian soil? Can we talk about Can we talk about a thousand diplomats? That smells that's a, a lot. That smells a little stinky to me. Like maybe some of them are spies, and that's why Russia's kicking. To be some fair, of them out. Chris, Russia's a really big country. Yeah, that is true. It's that really, is, really, it's the biggest. It is quite huge. But how much do you want to bet? Most of them are all in Moscow. <laughs> I would be willing to bet you some. I'd be, I'd be willing to bet you onion rings with that steak. I do you owe think you. Snowden's been there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder, huh? That would be where I'd want to go. I, I don't know. This whole story is is really odd. And Russia had actually already warned about kicking those people out already. Uh, so I do want to get to the sanctions and talk about what you just, you know. You were jumping ahead there. I know. I, I, uh, but I, first, I jumped there's ahead. a moment that everybody was excited about this week when Chase's good friend, my buddy, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <sighs> Sarah, I love you. Takes it to the media for uh, their Russia coverage. For most of it, I'm like, wait a minute. Has, has, hey, wait. What? Did Sarah listen to literally last week's episode of Unfiltered? Well, she might like be downloading I said, the it. The statement that was issued was true, and there were no inaccuracies in the statement. I think what the bigger question is, everybody wants to try to make this some story about misleading the thing I see misleading is a year's worth of stories that have been fueling a false narrative about this Russia collusion and based on a phony scandal based on anonymous sources. And I, I think that is, if we're going to talk about misleading, that's the only thing misleading I see in this entire process. Like you guys are focused uh, on a meeting that Don Jr. had no consequence uh, when the Democrats actually colluded with a foreign government like Ukraine. The Democrat-linked firm Fusion GPS actually took money from the Russian government while it created the phony dossier that's been the basis for all of the Russia scandal fake news. And if you want to talk further about a relationship with Russia, look no further than the Clintons, as we've said time and time again. Now, I like her approach on the Clinton attack because a lot of times when people go for the Clintons ties to the Russians, they go for, well, Hillary gave them all the uranium, which is the weakest attack because she was only involved in a large decision process there. Now, she did seem to receive funds and the Clinton Foundation received funds and people that were working with the Clinton Foundation received funds. So it does look very odd. But she goes for a different level, which I think, if you look at how they're investigating Trump, should be talked about more. Bill Clinton was paid half a million dollars to give a speech to a Russian bank and was personally thanked by Putin for it. Hillary Clinton. Could you imagine if Donald Trump was paid half a million dollars by a Russian bank to, to, to do something in Moscow for like as a celebrity appearance? Well, well, maybe he was already paid that for the you Miss Universe thing. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm sure he made some money, but yeah. was paid half a million dollars to give a speech to a Russian bank and was personally thanked by Putin for it. Hillary Clinton allowed <laughs> one fifth of America's uranium there to reserve is. to be sold to a Russian firm whose investors were Clinton Foundation donors. They see when she goes, she goes for the part where she mentions the donors profited. And the Clinton campaign chairman's brother lobbied against sanctions on Russia's largest bank and failed to report it. Oh, that's also a good one. If you guys want to talk about having relations, which you seem obsessed with doing, look no further than there. If you want to talk about somebody who's <laughs> actually been tough on Russia, look at President Trump. He wants more fracking, more coal, more energy, a stronger military, a stronger defense. I actually think that's a decent 
point, I mean, she's really dropping truth bombs here, but if you're, if you're Putin, you don't want a president that's doubling down on fracking. That's really what you don't want because no. the oil prices, it's interesting. It, she really just gave it to him there. Uh, and so in the background during all of this and why she's riled up, and I can kind of understand, you have to understand the context of the day. They have been hammering Trump all day, they being CNN which is what got her fired up. They've been hammering him all day. Why hasn't he signed the bill? Why hasn't he signed the bill? Is it because of collusion? Why hasn't he signed the bill? Yeah! All right, we often look at the president's Twitter feed as a reflection of what he cares about most. And over the last week, he's weighed in on practically everyone and everything using that favorite platform. He blasted. uh, Let's take a look. This guy is such a klutz. Like, as soon as he has to do anything other than read the prompter, he starts to fall apart. And so many of these CNN presenters are like this. I don't understand why they insist on using this stupid touchscreen. Just have somebody in the production room change the images behind them. Chris, they paid a lot for it. (laughs) That is exactly the reason, dude. Microsoft really sold them a package. Platform. He blasted. uh, Let's take a look. Blasted China. Very disappointed. Uh, Foolish past leaders allow them to make hundreds of billions of dollars a year in trade, yet they do nothing for us with North Korea, just talk. Harsh position by the president. Talked about the stock market, taking the positive. You can argue whether or not uh, he deserves as much credit as he's giving himself, but he talked about it, and he talks about it a lot. And of course, one of his favorite targets, at least uh, in spirit, if not in number, is going after a free media. He takes the time to do that. I love it. I love it. I love that attacking CNN and New York Times is going after a free media, which is so solid, because I will say one thing about the Trump administration. They have brought... to. Not always to good or not always for the best, but they have brought more media into the White House press briefings and they've brought they've brought just like Joe Blow radio hosts in podunk districts over Skype. However, to be fair, to be perfectly fair, how many meetings or how many press conferences have we seen that have been audio only or they've had just brief gaggles more than other previous administrations as well yeah i i mean i'm not i'm not saying they're flawless i'm just saying in terms of like attacking the free press those actions have also taken place but the people that they bring in on those skypes uh are are tend to be more friendlier to the to the white house tend to but not always man i've definitely seen a few that are gotcha questions there there are things i could tell you but i can't say it on the air (laughs) no i know that i know that there's of course they're going to be selective especially ones that they but yeah uh i i find that one does not equate to the other saying that cnn sucks isn't attacking the free news it's or the free press, whatever he said. Right. I, I mean, I, the thing is that I that I've obviously learned about this administration spinning, and the previous though. He's ones. Spinning. Oh, um, oh yeah, of course they are. Cuomo is. I'm saying. Oh, yeah, of spinning, course they are. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. And and, and the problem is, the administration Trump doesn't like anything that's against negative. Him, period. Of course, yeah. Now, even if it's factual, yeah, of course, right, <laughs> right. And 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 I think I I I, I long for a day. I really long for a day when an administration, any administration, I don't care Republican or Democrat, doesn't try to blame the previous thing, the previous sure, one, and it just, sure. it, it just, it's a continued cycle. Oh yeah, Let's after own it. a, it's the yeah, it's the excuse that they get for like the first two years. A free media, he takes the time to do that. So why are we pointing out what he talks about? To emphasize what he's not talking about. Oh. The Russians cut the American diplomatic staff by a crippling 755 crippling? crippling. It's not crippling. And it also that was supposedly a recreational area too. Well, so yeah, and the retreat, don't forget the retreat. Yeah, and the storage uh, and the storage f- closet Why? Retaliation, of course, for what's going on with them. What else is going on? 
Russia is back in Georgia. The last time they did this in 2008, hundreds of people died. Not a word about this or those Americans getting kicked out of Russia by the president of the United States on his favorite medium. This is a really interesting technique. So you are so they, instead of attacking him for what he is saying, they're now attacking him for what he isn't saying. And if you think about it, you could do that for infinite. I mean, you could you could really choose any topic du jour. And I, you know, I think that's okay. And the only reason why that's okay to me is because. He is the tweeting president, right? And so mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it, it, it does matter what he doesn't talk about on Twitter just because he talks about everything else on Twitter. Yeah, I think that's fa- it's a I fair— I think it's you know, fair. I guess I look at it in this context. Every week there's probably uh, six or seven really Brandy important stories, six or seven really important stories that we don't include in the show for time. And it's right. not a commentary on those stories, though. No. No, that's true. But then again, we're, we're not like, you know, I don't know— trying to just find favorable stories for us. You know, we try to find stuff on both sides. One thing you see about Trump is he'll he'll go out there and tweet about something that we will just you and I look at it you're like what the hell are you doing, man? What if he's just trying to fire up his Twitter base? What if he just loves getting likes and retweets? What if he literally is such a narcissist that the president of the United States gets gets uh, gets a woody when he gets 10x amount of retweets or he gets, you know, 10,000 likes or whatever like whatever whatever his numbers are? What if it's really... Uh, it's, anyways, let's move on. This Why? Is- well, what else are they doing? 100,000 troops on the border with NATO. Saber-rattling, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that it's saber I wonder well, how that NATO chest- border got wait, there. How did what that- gesture <laughs> was he just doing? I don't know. It, it looked a little dirty. Cause he's, it looked, it it looks look like good. He's jerking his dick, but he's talking about saber-rattling, which would be up <laughs> a little higher. Um, and it's, <sighs> it's again, it's reverse provocateur, right? So right. NATO encroaches on the border, makes it closer to uh, an area, and then all of a sudden it's... It's their response is the hostility, not the moving of the border. On the border with NATO, saber rattling, obviously, again, not a word from the president. Oh. And it raises these questions. Why? Why, Why? hasn't he signed the sanctions Why? bill that we're told that he will against the advice of his own party, telling him to sign it now? And then there was this sound from the vice and president. In a further sign of our commitment, very soon President Trump will sign legislation to strengthen and codify the United States sanctions. You notice that the color balance is off on their touchscreen? So here's Pence now and here's pence before they look at that but Ugh. but cuomo's fine but it makes them look demon it looks yeah. makes them look like demons that's interesting so they harp on trump and they harp on trump they spend the morning show harping on trump about not being tough on the russians why won't he sign the damn bill we, we are just getting word that president trump mm-hmm. has signed oh. the sanctions bill oh. on russia that is the bill overwhelmingly passed by the house of representatives and also the senate we just got word that the president has now signed this sanctions bill. You're with us. I would encourage the audience to look at the origins of that sanction bill and see uh, who are the primary writers of it and ask yourself if you are Kompsky's mm, with that. Yes. Uh, but I want to shift gears to Chase's buddy, Mr. My Nunes. good friend. <laughs> yeah. The real Nunes. I wouldn't call my what is his friend. Twitter handle? What is his Twitter handle? Uh, at Devin Nunes. Ah, Devin Nunes. Yeah. So the the Russia investigation often comes across looking like they're playing politics, and it drives me crazy because it makes the whole thing look like a chicken shit sideshow, and that that definitely got worse this week. So last week I was saying. I think that they should, if they're going to investigate Trump's business ties and family ties, that they should also in- investigate all of the ties to Fusion GPS, how that got financed, 
both with the uh, Jeb campaign, with Hillary's campaign, how McCain got it, how far that dossier was used to authorize NSA surveillance. All of that should be investigated fully because there was leaks that came from that that need to be identified, especially before— Full investigation both sides. Fully especially agree with, with yep. uh, Section 702 near renewal, yes, which, which was the tool that was used to do this all. So I've, I've been advocating that they, if they're going to do it, they have to do a full-spectrum investigation. We had that exact discussion yeah, last week. Do I you remember. remember. I do. So this week, that's what was sort of brought up. And the Democrats immediately shut the whole thing down. You have senators not willing to do the jobs they were elected to do. And of course, then you got jackasses like him that are going to grandstand and make a whole political shit show sideshow out of it. Blasted by Republicans, a procedural move by Democrats abruptly shut down the Senate Russia panel after two hours, but not before lawmakers put former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort's Ukraine work for pro Moscow group under scrutiny. Wasn't this the kind of activity on behalf of a foreign government? that FARA registration is meant to disclose. We had previously advised Mr. Manafort. We believed he had an obligation to register, and he has registered. That is the Deputy Assistant Attorney General, I believe. Former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, who also retroactively filed paperwork under FARA. Hey, we were just talking about him. The Foreign Agent Registration Act was criticized for promoting a foreign government while not disclosing his business relationship. I didn't know at the time that he was receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars from a a group that was representing Turkey. Now, here's the issue. So this avenue, as soon as they start going down this avenue, uh, what the Republicans came back with was, well, Sidney Blumenthal was sending information to Hillary, and he wasn't registered as a foreign agent either. That's the kind of thing we want to get a hold of. Another Republican said the obsession with the Trump team's Russia contacts was overblown, and the Democrats should not get a pass. If we're going to get to the bottom of this, we need to investigate the whole story. It includes looking at serious allegations of foreign influence over the Clinton campaign. Reading from a prepared statement, the committee chairman highlighted a perceived double standard, citing then-Secretary of State Clinton and Sidney Blumenthal, her close confidant. If the Justice Department thought Mr. Blumenthal's activities on behalf of foreign interests did not require registration, it should simply say so. And Grassley drew connections. Which has actually been strange. Um, it's unclear why the State Department is refusing to answer. It's a legal investigation. They've requested why that Sidney Blumenthal didn't have to be registered. Right. And the State Department is just dragging their feet and stonewalling it. It seems to be like, I don't know if there's like old Clinton people in there or what, but they're just not giving the answer. It should simply say so. And Grassley drew connections between the Russian lawyer who spearheaded the 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Manafort and Donald Trump Jr. and Fusion GPS, the U.S. opposition research firm behind the unverified anti-Trump dossier. And again, I think we should, I think we legitimately should. I know it would serve the Republican interests. Now, do, we not, do we not know that the special, uh, what's his name, uh, counsel? Special counsel. Special security, per, what yeah. the, the special investigation, that they know. aren't doing this? This, though, this is the whole cockamamie thing about it. That's a whole parallel investigation. Right. So that, this is a separate, they're doing so their own. So this is a Senate thing. Yeah, they're doing oh, their own Jesus. thing. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's it's crazy. Your tax dollars don't work. I would imagine Mueller's. Is, oh, Mueller. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. Mueller. Knowing exactly who is acting on behalf of the Russian government is vital. And the testimony of a key witness and critic of Russian corruption has been put off until tomorrow. And based on his prepared remarks, Bill Browder will connect the dots between Fusion GPS, 
the Russian lawyer at the 2016 Trump Tower meeting and smear campaigns by Moscow Brett. I haven't, uh, I haven't, uh, boy, Jesus, geez, if that's true, if anybody has a clip on that, if that's true that Fusion GPS was working on behalf of, of quote unquote, Moscow, as they say, that would be, that would be devastating. Um, okay, so let's now go to the most current sort of quote unquote Russia story that we have. And that's this whole back and forth that comes out. I mean, the leaks that we get now, really grade A stuff. Now we know somehow somebody, I think because it happened while they were on on Air Force One, has leaked that uh, Trump advised Jr. on how to craft his statement. Am I right that it was on it? This clip might say. Well, the Washington Post reports President Trump advised his son, Donald Jr., on the first statement Jr. made about his meeting with a Russian lawyer back in June of 2016. You can see the Post's headline here. Trump urging his son to release a statement saying the focus of the meeting That's was the adoption. That's not what you're saying the headline is. Well, hold on. We're going to play. We're going to no. I know, but here. he's saying. Well, the headline states that's he's saying different words than what's on the screen. Oh, see. So the headline reads: Trump dictated son's misleading statement on meeting with Russian lawyer. Now listen to what he said. Back up just a little bit. Urging his son to release a statement saying the focus of the meeting was the adoption of Russian children, oh, not no. to get damaging information about Hillary Clinton. So he makes it sound like he's reading the headline, but instead of what he does, he like did a super summary of the article. Right. <laughs> Joining us now to this. Okay, so let's go. Let's switch because they just they gave the real good like uh, early bullet points. Washington Post, right? And uh, the uh, blame it on the children. Uh, so that's sort of the highlights <laughs> to take from that clip. Right. Then this one's more current. The White House is pushing back against reports that President Trump dictated a misleading statement from his son. We've had conflicting reports. So first it was, no, he didn't do anything. Well, his lawyer said that he he wasn't involved with it at all. Then it's, well, of course he helped out like any father would. The White House press secretary says Mr. Trump was only trying to help his son, Donald Jr., to opt to create that statement. It was about his conversation with a criminal-connected lawyer during the campaign. But did you tell him, say, it was about Russian adoptions? Yeah. I mean, that. this is the kind of shit – I'm sorry to drop an S-bomb, but this is the kind of shit that really bothers me because – You know what really grinds my if, gears? If you have nothing to hide, right, like that, oh, this is a, a propaganda piece that the fake media is just trying to connect dots that aren't there. There was This was an innocent meeting, no big deal. And then you lie. And then you lie. What the fuck are we supposed to think about? I know that here's the worst part, Jesus. too, is then it puts it starts a chain of events yeah. where everyone has to say that yes. everyone has to go along with that story or else it exposes the whole thing. It just it, it just it boggles the logic in my head. Ugh. The things that he does choose to lie about uh, do seem to always get like, why is that? the Why is that why? the moment? What? Just yeah. don't even say anything. Just shut up. Lawyer during the campaign, the president's attorney has denied the involvement, which his spokesman confirmed yesterday. Major Garrett is at the White House. Major, Major, good morning. Major. Good morning. President Trump's lawyers say this latest discrepancy is legally meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> that's my best, that's the best, my favorite part oh, of it. D- this lie. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Okay, so it's we no screwed this deal. one up. We totally blew it. But it's a big nothing burger. It doesn't matter. It totally Thanks, is cool. <laughs> at, at what difference does it make at this point? Lawyers say this latest discrepancy is legally meaningless, perhaps. But all involved <laughs> concede it is a political problem that will serve to deepen the Russia-related suspicions this white house has tried so i agree with that it does it totally does remember how we elected a family now we have a royal family in that house 
He certainly didn't dictate. But, White House you know. Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders acknowledged President Trump played a role in framing the July 8th statement in which his son, Donald Trump Jr., inaccurately described a June 2016 meeting with a Russian lawyer. The statement that Don Jr. issued is true. There's no inaccuracy in the statement. I guess if they can still claim that a children adoption, which could be that was something it is something the U.S. is legitimately like kind of upset about. And if they could leverage that, I mean, like if they could somehow claim that children adoption still came up, then it would be a little more believable. But the defense is like, well, it's a true statement. It's it's all it's I mean, it was true. Well, what can you be a little more specific? There's no inaccuracy in the statement. The president weighed in as any father would based on the limited information that he had. The president's attorney, Jay Sekulow, had no comment on that, but the White House admission contradicted his earlier claims that Mr. Trump was not involved. This was Donald Trump Jr. and his lawyers put together a statement serving the interests of their client. So I understand what they did, and it was not the president was not involved in that. Oh, yeah. Trump Jr.'s statement said the meeting with the Russians, quote, primarily discussed a program about the adoption of Russian children. As you can see from the emails, the pretext of the meeting was, hey, we have information. And there was, you know, some small ties. I don't even remember what it was. It just was sort of nonsensical. He didn't want to necessarily lie right there. You see how he... Yeah, he had it to make it really kind of gray. Uh, inane and garbled. But Trump Jr.'s email showed the meeting occurred after politically damaging information on Hillary Clinton was offered. South Carolina Republican Lindsey Graham said misleading statements only cause investigators to look further. So if you want these investigations to come to an end, the last thing you need to do is reinforce the narrative if you're not candid and honest about what happened. Man, when Lindsey Graham is making sense, you know that's some basic bitch stuff, dude. That's basic (laughs) bitch right there. President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who also was at the meeting with the Russian lawyer, denied collusion with the Russians, saying the campaign was too disorganized. He joked with congressional interns Monday, saying, we barely could collude with our field offices in different states. I I like that they're just doubling down on the we're incompetent argument that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. Oh, we just suck. I mean, even if we tried to take a little arrangement with the Russians, we we sucked so bad that we couldn't execute on it. Anyways, we got to go run this place now. Same exact people. The president's legal team, which has had its fair share of turnover, is still trying to build a cohesive approach with communication about Mr. Trump and White House activities. Anyways, uh, that's a that's a very charitable. Wow, Major is really charitable there with that much right. more than normal. Uh, so now that we've talked about all of this and Russia hacking and interference with the election, it brings us to the topic of the day. Cleanse your palate for a moment, everybody. We're going to talk about Seth Rich, which has now become uh, a war, a war ground, absolute war ground. And uh, there's so many different ways to sum this story up. It's very complicated. But uh, we'll start with uh, with the, the Morning Joes. A lawsuit filed in federal court claims a Fox News report about a slain DNC staffer, Seth Rich, was reviewed prior to publication by President Trump. All right. So we're going to stop here. Um, so that's the, the lawsuit is, is, it's really interesting. The lawsuit is being brought by the gentleman that was the source. And was altered at the White House's request. The lawsuit filed by private investigator Rod Wheeler, who was initially hired on behalf of the Rich family. So he also was, he was a private investigator that was hired on behalf of the Rich family. Or by the rich family. He worked for them, supposedly. 
And in this position, he claimed initially to have information from the FBI about Seth Rich's computer that showed that he communicated with WikiLeaks. He then went to um, a Fox News reporter for a local Fox 5 affiliate. Some people have insinuated that he was trying to engage in a relationship with her, and he told her that he had an exclusive for her, in which he said they have emails that show he was the source for WikiLeaks. Fox 5 sent that up the chain to Fox. They cited Rod Wheeler. He almost immediately changed his story. Also, uh, interestingly, that gal declined his date offer. (laughs) Sorry, dude. And sorry, it's, it's just uh, weird that there's a love interest triangle in here, which I find fascinating. Um, and then Rod Wheeler later on has now filed this lawsuit against Fox, alleging that it wasn't a direct quote, that it was, in fact, uh, a misrepresentation of his quote. He was initially hired on behalf of the Rich family, says his quotes in a May 16th FoxNews.com story were fabricated by Fox News reporter Malia Zimmerman. Ah, uh, that's the gal that uh, said no. The story was retracted by Fox a week after it was published for not meeting its standards. The quotes in question implied that Rich was killed for leaking internal DNC emails to WikiLeaks. Wheeler claims he complained to Ed Patowski, a Trump supporter who hired him to probe Rich's death. Wheeler says he was told, quote, that is the way the president wanted the article. The suit also alleges the Rich article was an attempt to divert attention away from the ongoing Russian investigation. According to the suit, Zimmerman, Zimmerman, Batowski, and Fox... Batowski is sort of the go-between between the White House and... Uh, the uh, what's that called? I mean, so many names here. Uh, what's the what's the other guy's name? Jeez, you got Rod. An attempt to divert attention away from the ongoing Russian investigation, according to the suit, Zimmerman, Zimmerman, Batalsky, and Fox had created fake news. So Zimmerman is the gal that is a local Fox Five reporter that uh, he was supposedly hitting on. Batalsky is the gentleman who interestingly, hired him as the private investigator for the family mm-hmm. and is the go-between between, between Spicy Sean and Rod. And uh, Rod Wheeler is the guy that gave the quote that said he saw FBI documents and said that Seth Rich was the source. So um, Batowski was working with Spicy Sean to work this story up the chain to Fox. To advance President Trump's agenda... Batowski did not respond to a call for comment, Fox News said in a statement. The accusation that FoxNews.com published Malia Zimmerman's story to help detract from coverage of the Russia collusion issue is completely erroneous. The retraction of this story is still being investigated internally, and we have no evidence that Rod Wheeler was misquoted by Zimmerman. So that's the dispute point. Well, we can come back to that here in a second. I want to get more interesting information here because like all really good juicy stories now, we have leaks. We got leaks of texts. We got leaks of voicemails. This is Batowski, Ed Batowski, the guy that originally hired Rod to be the investigator, the guy that juiced this up the up the chain so it would go uh, out the big fox horns like Hannity. A couple minutes ago, I got a note that we have the full um, attention of the White House on this. Batowski has now claimed that that was a joke. And 
That doesn't sound like tomorrow. Let's close this deal. Now there is a possibility. Ooh, I thought you said there was no bacon, but I'm getting a little hungry. Hours later, this text from Ed Butowski to Wheeler. Not to add any more pressure, but the president just read the article. Oh, that's big. Now, keep listening because I I want you to keep the whole context of this text in here for this uh, bacon because it's pretty important. Later, this text from Ed Butowski to Wheeler. Not to add any more pressure, but the president just read the article. He wants the article out immediately. And according to the law... Oh, and then it says, but don't feel the pressure. So here's the bacon. According to Batowski, and he's fairly direct about this, he says the reason why Wheeler, Rod Wheeler got involved in the first place is because he's been trying to get Batowski to get him a job in the White House. Can you guess which job he was trying to get Batowski to uh, put him in line for? Uh, communications director? S- well, specifically, Spicy's uh, job. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Commu- commu- I, in the communications. Would be in front of the camera. He wanted oh, to the be the press secretary. He wanted to be the press secretary. Oh wow! Because he, he's got he's got on air. He's been on Fox. He's got on air uh, talents, and uh, he thought he was going to be a great fit. And so, this was a this was a. It looks like what Wheeler may have done was over. I I suspect this is my bacon. He may have overextended himself mm. um, in in trying to impress Donald Trump. Uh, I feel like maybe he overextended it. We'll get to this, but it looks like he was just trying to really impress the White House for a bit, and he even got a meeting with Spicy Sean through Batowski. This is all this, and then so Batowski, Batowski has claimed that when he said the president just read the article, that he was he says joking, but he what it was he says he was lying, that he was manipulating Wheeler, so that way he thought he had good chances with Trump to get what he wanted out. I don't know if that's true or not. It sounds like Trump, in my, in my reading of this, Trump had hands-on with this article. Hands-on, which, if you think about that, that means the President of the United States had hands-on with an article that they wanted published on foxnews.com, which would later then go to air. That, that means Fox News was directly publishing news that the President was involved in crafting, which makes them worse than state propaganda because they're not getting paid by the state. They're just doing it. At least RT wears their flag on their shoulder. This is awful. This is Fox News exposed right here. Not to add any more pressure, but the president just read the article. He wants the article out immediately. And according to the lawsuit, Ed Butowski sent an email to Fox News producers and anchors encouraging them to push the narrative that Russia wasn't behind the hack. Uh, and so that brings us to the immediate response. So that phrase we were trying to Google earlier, yeah, that's part of this effort. Patowski and others are trying to put out what they feel like is the real version of the narrative. And one of the ways they've done that is by leaking audio of Pulitzer Prize, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. That's a big mouthful. Seymour yeah, uh, Hirsch or uh, Cy Hirsch. Uh, I think you guys could probably just google him we don't really need to go into it but one of the ways they're trying to respond to this is by leaking some of his audio about the kid i'll tell you what i know what i know comes off an fbi report so what i know comes off an fbi report i'm going to play a couple this uh, this clip here is there's no video it's six minutes and 47 seconds long we're not going to play all of it i just got a couple of bits this is hirsch seymour hirsch the journalist discussing with supposedly rod wheeler about what he knows about the Seth Rich, Rich investigation based on a source of his that is active in the FBI. Um, and they start with 
how they found out that Seth might be involved with WikiLeaks. And that was by discovering his laptop. This is why the FBI ended up with his laptop. And here's what nobody knows, what I'm telling you. Now, maybe you know something about it. When you have a death like that, D.C. cops, if you're dead, you generally don't just go, you have to find out what the mo- what's going on. You, you have to get to the kid's apartment and see what you can find. If, if he's dead, you don't need a warrant, but most cops get a warrant because they don't know if the guy has a, has a, a, a roommate. You need a warrant. So they get a warrant. I'm just telling you, there is such a thing. They go in the house and they can't do much with his computer, his password. The cops don't know much about it. So the D.C. cops, they have a cyber unit in D.C., and they're more sophisticated. They come and look at it. The idea is maybe he's had a, a series of exchanges with somebody who says, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker, over a girl. Or, and So the D.C. cops are trying to look at his laptop to see if maybe they could find motivation for a murder since it, it looks a little suspicious as a robbery gone wrong. So they can't get into the computer. They can't get in. The, the, uh, the cyber guys do a little better, but they can't make sense of it. So they call the... They call the FBI cyber unit. The DC, the DC unit, the Washington field office is. So they got their local Washington field office there with their hotshot cyber unit right there for the FBI. The hotshot unit. The guy running the Washington field office, he's like, he's like, you know, he's like a three-star at an army base. He's already looking for four. You know what I mean? He's he's going to go with a top job. There's a cyber unit there. So they get the FBI cyber unit in DC. They end up with their hands on according to Seymour Hirsch, obviously, on Seth Rich's laptop. Hirsch says that later on, his source reveals that the report about the laptop shows that there was evidence of contact with WikiLeaks. The feds get through, and here's what they find. This is according to the FBI report. What they find is he makes contact. First of all, you have to know. You have to, you have to know some basic facts. One of the basic facts is no, there's no DNC or Podesta email. That, that exists beyond May 22nd, May 21st, 22nd, the last email from either one of those groups. And so this, so what the report says that sometime in late spring, we're talking about June, you know, summers in June 21st, late spring would be after, I, I presume, I don't know, I just say it says late spring, early summer. Uh, he makes contact with WikiLeaks. He being Seth Rich makes contact with WikiLeaks. And uh, now here's where it gets interesting, Chase, because so far it's like, okay, this seems kind of plausible. This next clip doesn't paint Seth in the best light. And uh, that's where it's like, I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about this. Uh, but uh, Hirsch says that the FBI report. I was going to say something before you played the next clip, and that is this audio is really, really good. I mean, yeah, it, it's interesting, huh? Yeah, it was recorded good. on somebody's phone, so I broke it right. down into MP3s because yeah, it was very just good a stuff. shot of the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, so the FBI report says that uh, Seth initiated contact with WikiLeaks and then provided them with samples of his material, and then he did something I had never considered. They found what he had done. He had submitted a series of documents of emails some juicy emails from the DNC. And, you know, by the way, all this shit about the DNC, um, you know, <laughs> whether hacked or wasn't hacked, but whatever happened, it, the, the Democrats themselves wrote this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's something we do lose sight of. And it was, it was I was bringing Hadia, my fiance, up to date on where the story's at. And she doesn't follow this part of the news very much. And uh, she's like, well, can I ask you a question? And she's like, so what are people saying about the content of the email? 
And I said, oh, oh, we don't, nobody talks about the content of the email. I said, well, it seems like people would be talking about the content of the email. No, we don't, we don't talk about the content of the email. <laughs> so it's funny that Hirsch yeah, kind of makes yeah. that. The, the Democrats themselves wrote this shit. You know what I mean? All I know is that he offered a sample, an extensive sample, you know, I'm sure dozens of emails, and said, I want money. Seth Rich asked for money from WikiLeaks. They, so uh, if you catch that there at the end, he says he offered them samples of emails. And said, I want money. And then said, I would like some money. Which, if you think about it, maybe, uh, maybe, that's not, maybe that's not as greedy as it sounds. If you have, if you have some really salacious stuff, you're going to need some fuck-off money. And WikiLeaks is, has often offered rewards for various things. So it might not be unreasonable to say, hey, if I give you guys this, can you give me something so I can get the hell out of town? That could be why he asked for cash. But there was no word on if he ever got money. There doesn't seem to be an indication in the FBI report, according to Hirsch. Uh, But eventually WikiLeaks did get access to a Dropbox that Seth set up, as well as a bit of, I guess, uh, something about a comment of some kind of dead man switch. That later... WikiLeaks did get the password. He had a Dropbox, a protected Dropbox, which isn't hard to do. I mean, you don't have to be a wizard, IT wizard. You know, he was certainly, you know, he's not a dumb kid. Uh, and they got access to the Dropbox. He also, and this is also in the FBI report, he also let people know with whom he was dealing. And I don't know how he dealt. I'll tell you about WikiLeaks in a second. I don't know how he dealt uh, with the WikiLeaks and the, the mechanism. But he, he's saying, like, I don't know how he dealt with WikiLeaks and the mechanism to, like, you know, do money and transactions and what technology was used. So the word was passed, according to the FBI report. I also shared this box with a couple of friends. So if anything happens to me, you're not, it's not going to solve your problem. So if anything happens to me, it's not going to solve your problem. Uh, Hirsch doesn't believe that uh, Seth was murdered. The uh, I have more of I have the entire unedited audio in the supporter sync and then oh. I have more audio that will play that's. Uh, of a different topic, and he talks about his source for that report in the overtime. But at the beginning of the clip, he says, I don't really think Seth was murdered. It's like, this is my guess. This is not based on any information I've gotten. But if you are going to assassinate a guy, you shoot him in the head. You don't, you don't have a, like a, like a, some sort of exchange with him and then shoot him in the back. You make sure he's dead and you shoot him in the head. Right. So he's like, in, in Hirsch's experience, he says, it, I, it doesn't seem like a hit job to me. That aside... I still think he's the source of the WikiLeaks. So let me ask you this. At the end of the day, we now have a lawsuit right now. Mm-hmm. And Which is really riding on the credibility of Rod Wheeler. Right. And it won't, if this goes to trial, duh, or first, let me ask it. Does it go to trial? Does it even no get No way. Far? Red Book on that says no way. Right. No, no, no so way. Who, so who's drops that out? Who's settling? Is Fox settling? Rod Wheeler, absolutely. Rod Wheeler is... Uh, okay. Is, uh, well, so this is, of course, there's a disinformation campaign out there. But if you parse it, Rod Wheeler is actively looking for work. That's why he wanted Spicy's job. Like, right. Rod Wheeler is looking for cash. It seems like a settlement would be a great way to get a cash infusion while you regain. So, so if they settle, does, uh, how does that uh, handle with Fox? I mean... I don't know. Of course, they'll release a statement, right? And then we'll shine everything. This is to me. It still exposes the involvement. And let us yeah. not trick ourselves to think that MSNBC oh, hasn't or worked CNN or, or anybody CNN else. with the Clinton yeah, campaign. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. But this just really exposes Fox News out there. 
just just working directly with the White House yeah. on a story that was. It'd be interesting to see what Sean Hannity says about it. And it seems, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Debbie a little bit. Debbie uh, does a little more data, and uh, we've we've talked last week about her recent performance and uh, the the uh, the arrest of her IT guy. There's so many interesting nuggets of information. Please subpoena her. Please. There's so much. Yeah, so that is what that's where the ball is rolling yes. right now. A lot of investigations in Washington right now. And now a member of the US House says it's time to start another one. This one of Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the former DNC chair from Florida. Her aide was recently arrested while trying to flee the country. He's now being charged. His name is Imran Awan. He's facing a federal bank fraud charge. He's been suspected of other wrongdoing for months. He was banned from the House computer network as a security risk. Red flags, to put it mildly. And yet, Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz kept him on her payroll for reasons we can only speculate about. The whole thing does seem a little weird. Congressman Ron DeSantis of Florida agrees. He said it stinks enough to warrant an investigation of Wasserman Schultz herself. Congressman DeSantis joins us tonight. So, Congressman, I mean, for a sitting member of Congress to call for investigation of another sitting member who's in his state delegation seems to be probably a pretty high bar. Why are you doing this? Well, Tucker, it's all about protecting the integrity of the House of Representatives. Eh. Uh, this is an interesting development, to be sure, because there's so many things going on. There's so many moving pieces to this Russia stuff and these these IT investigators and Debbie Wasserman Schultz. You know, Hirsch's audio doesn't prove that Seth Rich was the source. Hirsch's audio proves that a well-respected journalist who has a really reliable source believes that he was involved with WikiLeaks. Now, if that's true or not, we don't know. A lot of people on the Internet are making the claim that this proves it. This is just another interesting data point. Seth Rich may have no involvement with the DNC leaks. Vladimir Putin may have personally written the Python script that fished John Podesta's emails. Vladimir Putin may have very well written the uh, port-knocking uh, script that figured out the right combo to SSH in to the DNC server with the uh, root password of root. Who knows? We don't really know what happened. It also could have been that this, uh, this Awaki guy, this IT guy, for uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been trading and selling dirt based on the breaches that they've been stealing from different representatives over the years and double charging them for equipment and making tons of money and giving money to God knows who. Perhaps they're the ones that leaked the information and sold it to WikiLeaks for a nice price. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows. (sighs) But I'll tell you, the thing that makes the most sense is a guy named Seth Rich who was a Bernie supporters fan. You can see it on his Twitter feed. You can see it on his Reddit profile and a panda lover got his hands as he would likely do since he was a data specialist and would have access to data got his hands on data and made a transaction with wikileaks and then coincidentally or not wound up dead days later who knows but that does line up pretty squarely because i will tell you from someone who has worked in these kinds of fields before this was a huge issue in banking in fact there's, I have many, many stories on how the bank tried to prevent this, and this was a huge issue when I did penetration testing and security audits. People, not only would I do penetration testing, but people would have us come in for multiple days, a team of us, and we would come in and we would audit their security practices, how they, how they do everything, and write up these big reports, and of course they'd become our clients for ages, and it was just wonderful. Yep. All of this tells you, all of this training has told me, and all of this in, in reality tells you these leaks are almost always from an insider. 
because internal security is always the weakest and human beings are human beings. And it is always easy to find a loophole, to find something left open. You give, you give, you give extra access to the Seth Rich guy because he's doing a bunch of data collection. And all of a sudden he winds up with a big treasure trove of information and he realizes that they're fucking his man, Bernie Sanders. And pretty soon he starts working to expose that. That's a real possibility. It's all it's it's we we may never know, yeah. but it, it's amazing. Uh, in in some sense, this how old is this? This story is over a year old now because yeah. his birthday has passed. Has gone yeah. past a while ago. We've been talking about this for a really long yeah, we've time. Been for a while. And it's still getting weird. Yeah, still getting weird. Okay, just so before we get to the high note, just a couple of things, and we got a sack, but uh, I know it feels like we've gone through a million things. You know, what we haven't even talked about yet. We haven't even talked about Priebus or uh, oh, I know. Mooch. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Can you believe it? If, if you bought... Uh, I, I stole this joke from Can somebody. you believe we are this far into the show and we still haven't even gotten to this? It's incredible what's go- how much is but going cause, on. Because you look at the, the top priority of importance, right? Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, we're going to talk about... Oh, this... Seth, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. it's like... It just, yeah. It's like it just it keeps, keeps knocking it down. It keep, yeah. This is why we got to do twice a week, guys. Patreon.com slash unfilter. We, we slid back a little bit. Because you know what happens at the, at the, at when the month changes over is the cards that don't clear get removed. Well, there's there's like a grace period, but yeah, it yeah. definitely happens. We slid back. We yeah. slid back. It's it's a shame, but uh, we have, still have three new. Pay- we'll get to that in the overtime. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, let's talk about uh, just a quick recap. Let's talk about Sessions, who seems to have apparently given a gift to Donald Trump and is now back in Trump's good graces. You've seen the president's criticism of you. Do you think it's fair? This is Cucker to Sessions. Well, um, it's kind of hurtful. But the president of the United States... It's hurtful, he says. That's hurtful. ...is a strong leader. He is determined to move this country in the direction he believes it needs to go to make us great again. So he's still saying all the man, talking he's points. he's a nice puppy. He, he is, is loyal yeah, to the he's end, He's a man. good boy. He's a good boy. Priebus, on the other hand... <laughs> hey, it's Brightwide. I know the best people. I know the best managers. I know the best dealmakers. I know people that will make us so strong. I know guys that are so good. I know the good ones, the bad ones, the overrated ones. I know the best people. We've got the best people. I have the best people. So we're going to get the best people. That has been a bit of an issue, this best people thing. It's been a bit of an issue. Uh, Priebus, uh, this is really weird what happened with him. Uh, but He was uh, first on the choppy block since last episode. You say you resigned yesterday. Uh, tell us why. Why did you make that important decision to resign? Well, it, it wasn't. It was something that I've always talked to the president about. Oh which is, my god, I love it! I love it when they start with that. I've always talked about quitting to my boss. That's yeah, always, yeah, totally. I mean, that's what I do all the time. And I've always said to him, and he always uh, agreed with me. Any time either one of us uh, think that we need to make a change or or move in a different direction. Let's just talk about it. And- That's so much horseshit. He was forced in. He was like the establishment coming in to rein him in. He, he came in because he was connected with the Republican establishment. That's what got him in there. Uh, but it's interesting. So uh, while, while Priebus was in transition and Mooch was still in, a prankster got the best of them. Uh-huh. Now over to Chris. All right. So now we have an exclusive that was first reported by Jake Tapper last night. Stunning proof. That cybersecurity is not just an issue in your house, but the White House. Every time I want to punch that guy in the face. Every time he's on, every time he always says stupid shit. Uh, uh, 
this is really interesting because not so much that they fell for it, but I believe what it reveals about some of the reasons perhaps why Priebus is out. Several White House officials got punked. A prankster posed as administration players with stunning success. Pretending to be Jared Kushner, the prankster wrote Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bursett, quote, We're arranging a bit of a soiree towards the end of August. It would be great if you could make it. I promise food of at least comparable, misspelled, quality to that which we ate in Iraq. Without thinking twice about it, Bossert wrote back, Thanks, Jared. With a promise like that, I can't refuse. Also, if you ever need it, my personal email is... And then he gave it. So that was the Homeland Security Advisor right there. Oh, boy. That's the Homeland Security Advisor. I gave Jared. Of course, it wasn't Jared. And it didn't end there. The trick took a darker turn when the... Why would he be giving his personal email address? If you ever need my personal email address, you know, the one that isn't being recorded and documented in their first email exchange. Right. Yeah. If you want to get this off the grid out of the Freedom of Information Act. That shows you exactly how these guys operate. Yep. Darker turn when the prankster pretended to be Reince Priebus and wrote to Anthony Scaramucci. So the new Mooch, the new press guy. He wrote, quote, I had promised myself I would leave my hands mud free. But after reading your tweet today, which stated how soon we will learn who in the media, who has class and who hasn't has pushed me to this, whatever. He can't even read a tweet. This guy, and I'm not the best well, pronunciator, and I'm, I, yeah, okay, whatever, you're right, in email. But this guy, this is what he, this is so yeah. frustrating that he can't even do this. Who has class and who hasn't, has pushed me to this, whatever. It doesn't matter because it was fake. Scaramucci <laughs> fell for it, writing, you doesn't know what matter. you did, we all do, even today, but rest assured we were prepared, a man would apologize. Oh. So, you, so, so Anthony Scaramucci's response, when he got an email from who he thought was Rance Priebus, he says, you know what you did. We all do. Oof. Now, what are the, what's the thing that they're the most uh, worked up about these days? Leaks. Even today. Even today, which to me thinks like, so, you, so one of the things I noticed about uh, Priebus leaving is that Trump didn't shit all over him. Trump said, you know, thanks for his hard work. We're proud of him. See ya or something like yeah. that. It was, it was a, in terms of firings, it was the nicest Trump's ever been at, to, towards somebody. Right. And to me, that meant there was some sort of, call what you will, quote unquote, gentleman's agreement that must have taken place. All right. You know what? You're going to go easy and we won't reveal the fact that you're a leaker or something like that. Like there must have been some kind of, because this, this, it's weird. And so then it's like, but as soon as Priebus comes back in and tries to cash in on any remaining goodwill, Scaramucci immediately says, you know what you did. <sighs> we all do, even today. Rest assured, we were prepared. A man, which is great, would apologize. And the exchange went on. It turns out the only Trump who did not fall for the trick was Eric Trump, writing back to an email from his brother, Don Jr., I have sent this to law enforcement who will handle from here. Will- yeah, I agree with Rika in the chat room, too. It also sort of suggests that the Mooch would have future blackmail on him, ah. isn't it? So uh, next thing you know, this really hit everybody by surprise. <laughs> I mean, this, this next one, everybody was shocked. We hit the floor. It hit, it hit everybody in waves. Good day, everyone. We're breaking in with news of another shakeup for the Trump administration. They didn't even have the lights up. Did you see that? Yeah, they're like, well, actually, I think it looks like someone hit the button. Yeah, like so. So it comes in. Breaking in with news of another shakeup for the Trump administration. <laughs> White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci is now out of that position. What? Just over a week into the job. Yeah, like 10 days, ten, right? And actually, officially, he never took the job because he wasn't going to be on the payroll until August 15th. 
You know, in that Ted days, you know that I, I believe his wife had a baby and well, left him. And, and divorced him, yeah. And he was hired and fired. Yeah. And in that time, Priebus was out and spicy. <laughs> wow. This, of course, follows the resignation of White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus on Friday. Scaramucci caused a big stir last week with a profanity-laced attack on both Priebus and Chief White House strategist Steve Bannon. Today, Priebus' successor, General John Kelly, was sworn in as his replacement. Let's get... No, well, that's not true at all. No, John Kelly's not doing that job. John Kelly is the chief of staff. That is a huge screw-up. Right. Yeah. That was huge. Well, you know, it's 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 special report. They're going quick to the air. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, of course, uh, once, uh, once Mooch is out... Uh, not as nice as they were about Rance. Was it, was it a chain of command issue because Scaramucci uh, said that he had a direct line of communication with the president? Uh, there's been some speculation that uh, General Kelly may try to tighten up the number of inputs that the president has. This is my first theory, was that Kelly comes in, General Kelly comes in, and they're going to call him the generals, so just get used to it. Uh, he comes in and uh, he says, Mr. Trump, the only way I'm taking this job because let me do the job. Is yeah, you got I got to be the only channel of communication. That means everybody, and uh, that new guy you just hired, that new son of a bitch, he's got to go. He's got to go through me, or he's got to go. And Mooch comes in, and he says, "Of course, he's never worked at any kind of job like this before. He's a he's a Wall Street guy. He comes in, he goes, no way. The only way this is going to work, the only guy that I can trust is Trump. Trump can trust me because I've never been in here, so I'm obviously not the leaker." And I trust that he's not leaking, so we're a team, and I have to have a direct line of communication. This is me parsing like, like right, 15 yeah. interviews yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, when, and so Kelly looks at Trump, and Trump looks at Kelly, and they say, all right, you're fired. <laughs> I believe that's how it went down. So was it something about the chain of command, or did it have anything to do with that interview that Scaramucci did last night? Now, I, for some reason, they, I think they want to frame that perhaps the interview played a role. I, 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 I doubt it. They uh, look. Well, the president certainly it, felt uh, that Anthony's comments were inappropriate for a person in that position, um, and he didn't want to burden General Kelly uh, also with that line of succession, as I think we've made clear uh, a few times over the course of the last couple of days to several of you individually, but uh, General Kelly has the full authority um, to operate within the White House. The follow-up question that he asked her is, does that include uh, Jared Kushner and his daughter? And she said it includes all White House staff. Wow. So that supposedly, if that is true, if that can hold true, if Kushner and his boys and his daughter all have to go through Kelly, yeah. we may actually start seeing some I, consistency I out of this White House. I have one side question about this, and this was brought up uh, by a friend of mine. Does it bother you in any way that Trump is surrounding himself with generals? Yeah. That is a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you have the the chief of staff is a general. You have the uh, the other. I forget the other two gentlemen off the top of my head, but it, it, it is generals. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I don't know. I, I leave that one up to uh, the audience. I really right. don't know. I, I that, that has a, crossed my mind, but I haven't spent enough time thinking about it to give you a good answer. Right, because I would. What I would generally do is I would go back and do a little research on history and see what's who's been successful in the past. Yeah, and you know, go back. It, it's 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 it something that's creepy. given me cause for a pause. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Now maybe it's because that you know Trump doesn't have the confidence 
to to lead. This, these are theories that are out there. I, I don't know. It it's, could also it's be that Trump thinks. I mean, so if you put yourself in Trump's world, Trump's Trump's great. He's the biggest. He's the greatest. The only people that he probably truly respects, people he considers are also great. Maybe our military generals. Like I don't know. I, I bet you. I bet you. If you look back at interviews with him and whatnot, he'd say he probably. He'd probably. Oh yeah, James Mattis. Uh, that's right, uh, Mad Dog Mattis, hmm. and uh, there was one other guy. I forgot. So, Mr. Chase, before yes, we get to the high note and get out of here, because holy crap, this is a big show. Yes, big uh, show. Are you ready for the sack? Are yes. You, uh, okay. Let's let's dive deep. OMG, OMG, deep, OMG. deep. Thanks, Megan. I uh, hope your your show did, did well. Oh wait, it got canceled. Uh, it's now time. <laughs> Her Sunday show did not do well. It's now time to dig into the Club Thirty Three sack. Hey guys, missed you last week. Hope you're staying cool. Calm and collected as we head into the dog days of summer here in the northern hemisphere. Smoky here. So, first off, uh, Death Mindus wrote in and says, Outlook, really? I had a picture of Outlook Express, which I included an Easter egg. If you caught it, it was an email from a Russian. Uh, <laughs> but Veratuna writes in and says, Hey, oh my, all the fun is in the UK at the moment with Clown Home Secretary. Quote, real people often prefer ease of use and a multitude of features to perfect unbreakable security. Yeah, I saw that about encryption. Yeah. Real, real normal people don't need encryption. Yeah. Who uses WhatsApp because it's end-to-end encrypted, encrypted rather than because it's an incredibly user-friendly and cheap way of staying in touch with friends and family? OMG, how can people be so clueless? On other fronts, you have Seymour Hirsch discussing uh, WikiLeaks, DNC leaks, and Seth Rich revealing him to be the leaker at the same time the Washington Post is trying to pin the Seth Rich murder conspiracy on something manufactured by Trump. You really can't make this stuff up. It's like Hollywood is a pale imitation of real life. No kidding. Script writers must be pulling their hair out trying to think of something original. 2017 is turning out to be a really crazy year. Oh, and glad Chase's sack is back where it belongs. If you want to be a part of the sack, you got to get into Club 33. Go over to patreon.com slash unfilter because right now there is only one spot remaining as Whoa. I say these words. So Whoa. get in there. Uh, and when you jump into Club 33, not only that you get to be a part of the sack, you get a direct communication into any show that you choose to involve yourself in. You also get a part of that swag club, which, Chris, we just sent out some items, right? Not too That long is ago. true. I forget what they are. Uh, we also we had the old Nancy stickers. We did the old Nancy and- stickers, and we did the discounted uh, like uh, at-cost uh, mugs. Yeah, that was great. That was cool. But, hey, if you don't want to do uh, Club 33 or you can't afford it, that's totally cool because – we want to get to our goal to bring you Unfilter Supplemental. That is our additional show that we want to bring you guys every single week. And if you jump in on that, yeah. then you get more Unfilter yeah. in your face. And really, it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be. We, they won't be this long if we do it twice a week. Yeah. This is just too long. In fact, well, I think part of it is when mooch. we when we go too long, we probably make some of the information that's like stashed in the overtime inaccessible to some folks. Right. So not only would it be great to break up the show a little bit, but would still equal greater content for everybody, more content, but we could also stay more nimble with stories as they change and develop really quickly. Yeah. So that's one of the areas we're trying to get to, patreon.com slash unfilter. If you want to support us, keep us 
going. Yeah. And if you can't afford or just are not interested in being a patron, retweet, share, retweet, shares, yeah. thumbs up on the video, uh, anything that helps let other people know about it or like juices, any kind of system. Write like, a review on iTunes yeah. if you get it there. You know, write Discoverability a review. Yeah, is the exactly. hardest thing yeah. because there's so much stuff out there. A lot of noise. Yeah. Now let's uh, let's jump into this uh, high note here. This is some interesting stuff. So let's start with one of the one of the clips that really explains why I think we consistently try to have the high note in unfiltered. There's a meta topic that is extremely depressing that we don't talk about a lot, and I am of the personal belief that uh, cannabis could be a big solution for this big depressing topic. So I just want to cover a couple of the stats that give you a background. That's the motivation for this recurring segment. Eight in 10 heroin addicts today started taking prescription pain meds. So remember when states went after big tobacco? Eight eight out of 10 started with prescription meds. Claiming deceptive ads and misleading uh, claims hooked people on cigarettes. Well, today states say that drug makers are falsely claiming that opioids were not addictive. I crushed the bottom three vertebrae and then they prescribed me uh, Oxycontin. I was given this very, very strong pain medicine for a case of bronchitis. He said you could take it up to six times a day if you need it. So he prescribed me more. Doctor's the best drug dealer you can ever get. Each of these addicts began with a doctor-prescribed painkiller. I kind of want that sound clip, if anybody could get that for me. (laughs) Doctor's the best drug dealer you could ever get. The responsibility goes to the doctors, goes to the medical rep, goes to the pharmaceutical company. They totally downplayed the addictive nature of their product. Former Arizona Attorney General Grant Woods sued the tobacco industry for marketing a deadly product. His target today, the drug industry. Heroin is back. Why? It's back because of these painkillers. Yep. This lawsuit today is about accountability. 25 cities, states, and counties are suing opiate manufacturers for deceptive marketing, downplaying the risk of addiction, and overstating drug benefits for chronic pain. Everyone wanted to make money, and they didn't really want to hear the truth of what this drug and the damage it really causes. So now, with that as our backdrop, we go into this next story that always makes me smile. I I love it because... Cannabis can be described as this horrible drug that should, you know, if if you smoke in front of children, they should, CPS should remove them and put them in foster care. It's a care. gateway drug, Chris. It's, it's really bad stuff, and it causes alarm. In fact, uh, one mother was reported to police for smoking cannabis in front of her children. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have this. According to the CDC, across cities and suburbs, more and more parents are using marijuana. Its use among adults is up nearly 50 percent. We visited with one group of moms who smoke pot every day, even at playdates with their kids. And they claim it makes them better parents. Oh, snap. For Casey Bodden and her friends, playdates By the way, fun. on a technical note, you notice that nice, smooth game Yeah, that was action. good. That yeah, was good. They, they, uh, they, you know, when they're doing a network piece, man, they'll put the effort in. Absolutely. For Casey Bodden and her friends, playdates mean fun, food, and for the moms, some herbal refreshment. Mommy needs a joint just as much as mommy needs a glass of wine. I also need a clip of that. I also really need a clip of that. I got it. Okay, let's cue that up again. Just as much. No, we got to go back a little bit more. It's a joint. Oh, geez, this is so good. Okay, here it is. Some herbal refreshment. Mommy needs a joint just as much as mommy needs a glass of wine. 
<laughs> okay, so, so good. I gotta give a tip to like anybody uh, that wants to be like a quote unquote uh, cannabis advocate and go on a national uh, outlet and talk about pot. Um, can you just pull out the vape pen for the day? Yeah. Can that can that be the day where you don't have the ridiculously colorful bong and the really rickety looking home rolled J? Uh, uh, can you please just uh, <laughs> just have the nice sophisticated sleek vape pen for the yeah, day? Yeah, get some nice quality items to show. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's just the, like the like like the ugliest joints I've ever seen. Bowl refreshment. Mommy needs a joint <laughs> just as much as mommy needs a glass of wine. <laughs> you can still be a good parent and use marijuana at the same time. Today, middle-aged parents uh. are more likely to use pot than their teenage kids. <laughs> Water chase! For these moms, it's a panacea, taking it to treat their aches, pains, and depression. And they say, as an easy way to relax and boost their productivity. Here in Cal- I, I do have one thing, though. I All mean, right, what is it? That, you know... Children are very impressionable at a young sure. age. And any kind of habit-forming thing. Right. And I know uh, you know, there's evidence out there that say that you know, cannabis is not habit-forming or anything like that. No, I mean that, like putting things in your mouth and sucking right, on right, them. Right, right, right. And That's so you know, I mean. kids will see that and they go, hey, I want to try cigarettes or I want to yeah. try this yeah. and that at a young age when it can hamper development. And so yeah. I don't really like the fact that the, the parents are smoking right in front of their kids like that. That's just a little personal pet peeve. It's funny, you know, as it's funny. So the the non-parent cares and as a parent I'm like, yeah, you know, if they want to fuck their kids up, let them. Yeah. yeah. I really have like a I have a like I mean, I, yeah, they they have yeah, of course, free will to do you know, it. I I'm just going to express you, my opinion. You know the number one thing that made me never ever 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 want to smoke cigarettes in my life was being around family members who smoke cigarettes. Uh. For me, it was it was something that by the time I was 18, I swore to myself, because I'd been around it so much growing up, I would never smoke. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you think you're doing one thing to influence your kids, and it turns out that you create a completely yeah, different I, monster. I, 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 yeah, the, the in front of the kids part, yeah, it's just yeah. kind of... Uh... That's the way I go back to, like, make it discreet with the vape pen. Like, if these are discreet little vape pens, and, you know, you go, a little puff, a but, little, little steam comes still, out. But, but still... Mommy, what what's the smoke from? You know, it's, right. Well, yeah. then they gotta then they gotta have an answer. Yeah. And they say as an easy way to relax and boost their productivity. Here in California, recreational pot use is legal. I can smoke it and go clean my whole house and and do all my laundry and and just just get everything done. I feel like I am actually more attentive and focused while I am medicated. Um, it kind of gives me that spruce of energy that I don't have. So how do you feel about somebody smoking cigarettes in front of their kids? Uh, same thing. Same way. Do you same, feel like same, one I'm is worse hip- than the other? Uh, well, I know that at least on the secondhand smoke side, I don't know about studies on marijuana smoke, but I, I do know that on secondhand smoke, it's it's it, terrible. I mean, I lived in a household. Uh, thankfully, my dad stopped smoking when I was 10 or 11 years old. But, I mean, I remember vividly, like, smoke-filled houses, and I was right. living in When that. you have a family member that stops smoking cigarettes, there's, like, a while they were smoking and then after they were smoking period of your life because, like, things that you, ha- you, you got while they were smoking will always be infused to a degree with, like, a smell or a color. Yeah. 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 I, so, I, again, I go back to, like, though— um, I really think it's it really is it's really I'm talking about studies disc- on secondhand smoke not I don't know if there's any studies on marijuana but I don't I don't I wouldn't like to see like parent like the thing that drives me crazy like if I see parents smoking with the windows up with the kids in the car like that's that seems crazy like so irresponsible to me but again it's 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 really it's hard as 
it's hard if I start make passing judgment on every parental decision that parents make. I, I could spend a lifetime getting all worked up about it. I'd probably be on Facebook for days making some sort of rant post. Um, it kind of gives me that spruce of energy that I don't have. Casey, who suffers from migraines, says prescription pills left her feeling foggy and disconnected from her kids. Now, that's interesting because I have had prescription pills that have also made me feel like really disconnected. And it was something that where I had to really put a lot of effort into sort of manifest an emotional response that was adequate to the situation. And uh, I sure stopped taking that shit. That was awful. So she tried marijuana, having never used it before. Now she grows it on her patio, saying it's made her pain-free and a much better parent. She's even started a blog called The Cannabis Mom. I've heard from hundreds of moms who use marijuana. They're happy that I'm out there putting it out there. There's so many moms that are still hiding because they're ashamed and you shouldn't be ashamed. So, so the way they're intersplicing the coverage between the two groups of moms, they're making her look like she's there lighting up joints with all of her friends in front of her kids. When it, Every time you see the one shot they have of her smoking, her kids aren't around. So they're kind of grouping them together when it seems like these are like this is perhaps an example of somebody who's being more responsible but she's kind of getting grouped with the other gals yeah ashamed and you shouldn't be ashamed but some health experts warn parenting on marijuana is a slippery slope (laughs) one's reaction time may be slowed ability to respond in an emergency coordination may be impaired like how they might what if they get high or something (laughs) yeah or what if they got drunk or something that would be yeah yeah, so that's marijuana moms it's actually it's it's a pretty in-depth needs a it's a pretty in-depth piece isn't that great (laughs) it it continues to cover them quite a bit like the piece goes on for another uh, three minutes if you guys are interested but uh, there was a moment that actually caught Chase's attention. Uh, there is one politician that Chase always manages to follow. My good buddy. Trey Gowdy, who uh, he always... My, my good buddy. You know, Trey Trey's always a fun character on the show. Yeah, however, However, when he speaks common sense, I'm, my ears perk up like his, and, and this is what happens. Director Bong? Wait, 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 was that Director Bong? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> is it, let's see, cause, or is it Bomb? I'm not sure. Yeah. Either way, it's funny. Director Bomb? I can't it tell. Sounds in like- case my mom is watching, I want to be really clear. I'm not advocating for the legalization of marijuana. I will be very, very clear about that. Okay, Trey. However, However, I don't understand why it's a Schedule One. Um, it's certainly not uh, treated as a inherently dangerous substance for which there is no medicinal value. It takes a tractor trailer full of marijuana to even trigger a mandatory minimum under our drug laws. <laughs> so is there any appetite for researching whether or not it should remain a Schedule One drug? Uh, Congressman, uh, the, well, the, the yeah. administration doesn't have a position on that, uh, but I'm happy to dialogue with your office. It seems, you know, they say publicly they don't have a position, yet it seems like it's entrenched in that Schedule One position since the 70s. Like, yeah. it just, it's entrenched. Like, and we ha- talked about the whole ditchweed concept of being used for research, and it's... They, so they claim like, they yeah. claim like they don't have a position, but yet they have an intractable position by their, in, by their very inaction. And let me just briefly say that we strongly support research on medical use of marijuana. Just don't give us money for it. There are obstacles that we see that prevent good research. I think what he's actually saying is we strongly support industries' ambitions to make money 
on cannabis. Listen to what he's saying. What he's, uh, I think what he's actually saying is we support research for pharmaceutical companies to make pr- proprietary science version of pot and uh, sell it. For, listen. Our obstacles that we see that prevent good research, we want to address those obstacles because if there are component elements of marijuana uh, that could be put through the FDA process and turn into medicines that could help people in this country. See, one of the things that a lot of medical cannabis doctors think is a big part of what makes cannabis work is it's a, God, this is going to be a debaggy term, but it is a whole product. You have something that grows, and as it grows, there are nuances that change things, that make little tiny differences at thousands of thousands of every stage of the growth of the plant. And when you create a synthetic version of something, you create a exact version of one thing, and it becomes a static quantity that you then can measure and distribute but it lacks the organic sort of esoteric nature of the grown product, which seems to actually affect effectiveness, at least from the discussion I've watched between different debaters that were talking about creating synthetic cannabis versus growing it. And there's, there's good arguments on both sides. Like, you know, the side, the side of creating a synthetic product, the argument is professional doctors can give you a very measured amount of a specific aspect of THC or cannabis to help you, where they can't give you that same measured amount with a cannabis plant. But at the end of the day, studies show over and over again that the organically grown cannabis plants are more effective. ...that could help people in this country, we want to do that. So we do think there's some potential and we support research on the subject. Well, just so everyone's clear, methamphetamine is scheduled what? I believe it's scheduled... Two. How does this guy not know? Cocaine is scheduled what? Also two. Cocaine base is scheduled what? Uh, Two. So it is scheduled lower than marijuana. And again, you can schedule something and still not have it scheduled as a one. And uh, and, and I would encourage uh, the powers that be, whoever you need to consult with in the administration, to at least explore whether or not it's scheduled correctly. Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there is uh, so Trey Gowdy's banging on that side, and then there is uh, Cory Booker on Cory the Booker. other side with a bill that would legalize marijuana Just at the federal level. Completely. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker's newest goal is to legalize marijuana across the country. The Democrat introduced legislation today that would remove marijuana from the list of controlled substances. Booker says marijuana laws unfairly affect poor and minority citizens. Right now, marijuana is legal in eight states and the District of Columbia. Oh, boy, Chase. I got good news. I, got... I, I see. Mommy needs a joint. <laughs> Mommy needs her joint. That's good. That's... Mommy needs a joint. Oh, that's good. The last minute submission by producer Matt. Oh. Uh, that's worth smacking the microphone so for. Good. So yeah, we'll see where Booker's. Uh, we'll see where Booker's bill goes. Well, right now, I don't think there's support on the the R side of things in Congress. Hey Chase. So, hey Chase. Yes, yes, Claiming yes. my time. It's time for us to go. <laughs> it's, we got. All right, go. Maxine. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. Right, I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. Mommy needs a joint. Yeah, mommy needs Just a joint. Just like Chris needs some views over on his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Chris Fisher. Nice. Where you can check out his awesome trip from Montana. It was incredibly Thanks, done. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I love that, man. I love Thank that you. stuff. Thank you. Where can people find your radically independent 
content, Mr. Chase? Well, you know, I like gaming and geeking up with the community yeah. over at GeekGamer.tv. Yeah. We do things yeah. on Twitch, twitch.tv slash GeekGamerTV. Yeah. What about, wait, did you say the Twitter? What about the Twitter? At GeekGamerTV and no. also my Thank Twitter, you. at yeah. Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. What the, about your Twitter? The original you radical. The original radical over there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. Radical. My Twitter? Oh, thank yeah, you for yeah. asking. Yeah, I yeah. want to know. I'm on the Twitter. Do, do I follow you? Uh, we should check. Let me check. At Chris LAS. See uh, if you follow that guy. Yes, at, I got yeah. you. Okay, at good, Chris LAS. Got it. Also, you can follow the network at Jupiter Signal. We'd love to hear from you there as well. And uh, give us your thoughts and ideas over jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. You don't have to go anywhere yet, though. The overtime's coming. Plenty Come of more up. stuff in the overtime. But if you do got to run, we understand. We encourage. We also are very busy, so it's fine. It's fine. Maybe pause it now and come back later and yeah, get the lower. That's overtime. the best thing about a podcast. That, that is the best thing. That yeah, is the best you thing. You can come back. In the meantime, you are also welcome to join us next week. We'll be live on Wednesday. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar to get the live time. JBLive.tv is where you watch. That's also where the chat room is embedded, so you can get engaged in that conversation. I, by the way, I, I've heard this rumor, Chris, and maybe we'll have more information on next week's hmm, show, hmm. that there might be something new that people hmm. will be able to join. Hmm. I have yeah. a feeling. Like a Discord dot me yeah. slash jupiter colony yeah Ju- oh. discord dot me also slash there may colony. be a very newness edition of user air very soon mm, how new of that perhaps the very next episode very new yeah yes. all right everybody thanks so much for joining us this week if you're not sticking around for the overtime well then we'll see you right back here next, next week, week. at patreon.com slash unfilter. Claim a little bit of time there before we get started. Thank you to our patrons for making this segment possible. We got three new supporters. Three. Three new supporters. In fact, the story's a little sad. We've slid a little backwards in our goal to go to twice a week. But the march continues on. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Three new subscribers. Thank you guys for supporting us. Special thanks to John, Sean, and Robert. John, Sean, and Robert this week came in, and they are our three new patrons. Thank you, guys. This segment's not only dedicated to you, but dedicated to all the patrons. So we got lots to cover. Uh, you heard me, though. I, I'm already all excited. You know what I'm already I'm, I'm, I'm reclaiming time right now, guys. Reclaiming my time! Reclaiming my time. Let's, uh, let's do the O'Nancy segment right here, right here off the top. And, of course, we, we do have some Maxine things to get to that I'm very excited about. But we got to start with the segment's namesake, 
Miss Pelosi, and she's at her best when she's when she goes to one of the uh, Sunday shows or one of the interview shows. She really shows up at her in her in her all best, and she can dodge questions like Neo in the Matrix. Seats were not seats. I've got thirty okay. seconds, and and the question is, what are the chances Democrats win back the House yes. in twenty eighteen, and if so, will you run for Speaker? That's uh, so unimportant. What- Hold on. So the question was, what are the chances the Democrats are going to win back some seats? And the question, that question is unimportant. Party's kind of devastated, lady. That's why he's asking you the question. See, that's why the Wallace question came out. That's, uh, I, I just, let's do that one more time. The question is, what are the chances Democrats win back the House? What are the chances? In 2018, and if so, will you run for Speaker? That's uh, so unimportant. What is important is that we have the lively debate on a better deal. Oh. That new slogan still just isn't working for me. And then when they double down on it. Better pay, better uh, better jobs. Oh, it just sounds so cheap. And a better future. And that's what we look forward to having. Oh, so it's not a question if they're going to win any House seats. It's a, it's a question about how good that debate about a better deal is going to be. That's her at her best. She's not so great, though... During your press conferences, where we get the majority of our own ANSI material that demonstrates perfectly the rot of the leadership of the establishment Democratic Party. Oh, hallelujah, everybody. This is Nancy Pelosi flubbing the oath of office while simultaneously lecturing people about taking the job seriously. As you know, this today we will be debating the what's called the minibus. Minibus. Uh, not an omnibus, everything, a minibus. Okay. And it, uh, is a, it's on the subject of uh, security. Uh-huh. As you know, all of us, anyone who serves in government or civically involved, takes an oath of office to protect and defend, support and defend the Constitution. I'm sorry, what? Did you just have to look down at your notes there? Did you just, girl, did you just look down at your notes to know what your oath of office is while you're... ...takes an oath of office to protect and defend. Oh, girl. Support and defend oh, the Constitution of the United States. Our first responsibility is to protect uh-huh. the American people and our Constitution. If people are not safe, well, how can we proceed in any other way? Yeah, that's right. Strong. That's strong leadership right there. It's with this strong leadership that there seems to be a vacuum in which uh, scum suckers like Adam Schiff survive. And others, like Maxine Waters, seem to flourish. Especially if you're not a huge fan of either precisely following the rules, or maybe your power zone is just outside of decorum. Then you're able to say all kinds of things and dismiss all kinds of criticism. Well, um, we are. Uh, we thank you for being here. I have to ask you on your way out, uh, Tucker Carlson uh, did a send-up to you last, uh, last night. A send-up. <clears throat> a send-up is uh, MSNBC speak for did a total takedown of your ass. He pointed out, he just made, he just did some simple math and was like, how come Maxine Waters has this crazy, super expensive mansion in one of the widest, most expensive areas of L.A. that's not even the district that she's representing? How, how does Maxine Waters own three homes 
And uh, she's, she's simply, if you look at her payroll been, and you look at her taxes, she's been in government for about 40 years. It's about her 40th year she's been doing this thing. You look at the money she's making there, it doesn't add up. So he's just wondering how that could work. And then they kind of speculate after that uh, that she's been, they look at some of the, her recent trips that she's been taking, like to New Hampshire and stuff, and they go, maybe she's positioning herself to run for president. So I guess that's MSNBC for send up. Our, uh, we thank you for being here. I have to ask you on your way out, uh, Tucker Carlson uh, did a send up to you last uh, last up. night claiming uh, in a conversation with Larry Elder that you are you are running for president in 2020. Is there any truth to that? No, just because I'm going to New Hampshire uh, to be at a Democratic Party event for one of my colleagues, they made this story up. Uh, they're trying every way they can to discredit me or to make people uncomfortable with me, all of that. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from these people who are all, you know, aligned around trying to discredit Maxine Waters because she has stayed on Trump's case. So, Ooh, I love the third person. That's my favorite part. Aligned around trying to discredit. Credit Maxine Waters That's right. because she has stayed on Trump's case so much. And so you're going to hear a lot more from them. Well, Don't I, believe anything they're saying. No, how about, Maxine, I think you're supposed to say we're, you're going to be hearing a lot more from me, not a lot more from them. Stayed on Trump's case so much. And so you're going to hear a lot more from them. No, no, I, no, you stayed on Trump's case. You're going to. Oh, jeez. Boy, man, could somebody help her? Oh, Don't I, believe anything there, Sam. And I'm glad we're going to also hear a lot yeah. more from you, Congressman Maxine. Oh, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Joy. Oh, good. Good, good. Clean that right up, didn't you? Thank you. All right. Now, Maxine has gotten quite a bit of attention, and i got to give her a real A for performance this week. And that's, I'm not kidding. That is not sarcastic. I really, really mean it. I'm giving her an A. So you may have seen some of the clips. I'm going to play it in some context so you have the whole sort of flavor of the event here. Uh, This is Maxine Waters speaking to Steve Munich, I think is actually how you say his name. Although uh, you'll still, people say it different ways. But who, he's in the Treasury. House reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Judiciary. Reclaiming my time. Okay. Reclaiming my fact, time. Mr. Secretary, the, time. the time belongs to the gentlelady from California. Per, perhaps, Mr. Chairman, I don't understand the rules because reclaiming I thought I was time. allowed to answer questions. Reclaiming my time. Would you please explain the rules and do not take that away from my time? So this is Maxine Waters. I was going to answer that. And this is the Honorable Munchkin. (laughs) Just please go straight to Uh, the answer. Mr. Chairman, I thought when you read the rules, you acknowledged that I shouldn't be interrupted. Now, the question that she has is, how come you haven't been responding to a letter of mine? And that I would have... Reclaiming my time. What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. He left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, will you respond to the question? of why I did not get a response. Ma'am. The question, the question. On to the question of why I did not get a response, me and my colleagues, to the May 23rd letter. Well, I was going to tell you my response. Just tell me. Okay, so first of all, okay, let me just say that the Department of Treasury has cooperated extensively with the Senate Intel Committee, with the House Reclaiming Intel my time. Committee, Reclaiming with my, the Senate time. Judiciary Reclaiming Committee. my time. Okay. Reclaiming Matter of my fact, time. Okay. Mr. Secretary, the, time. the time belongs to the gentlelady from California. You <laughs> hear the way he says that? Listen really carefully. I'm going to just turn it up a hair. The lady from California. It sounds a little bit like he's a little beside himself. 
Perhaps, Mr. Chairman, I don't understand the rules because I thought I was allowed to answer questions. Reclaiming my time. Would you please explain the rules and do not take that away from my time? (laughs) So she really has quite the performance. Uh, And um, it's really about this. So she sends him a letter asking for information. It happens to be information that they already provided to another committee. And so the proper chain is for her committee to speak to the other committee and for the committees to exchange information if everybody has the right classifications, which they do in this case. And so he's he's simply trying to say procedure is that you get it from somebody else, not directly from us. uh, And so we called you and we talked to your people and said that's what you should do. Uh, but uh, she wasn't having any of it. But the people love it. The one that's got the most acclaim right now is, of course, the uh, the gospel mix. You want to talk about the things I've done, but I'm reclaiming my time. This is one of those uh, record multiple videos, really a lot of hard work. And, and the guy just really gets into it here. My time. Stop talking. My time. Do you know the rules? My time. When it's my time. My time. I can take it back. My time. Oh, you got to figure that uh, this kind of coverage, this sort of this sort of virality of something where she's really sticking it to a bureaucrat has got to be great for a public image. And all kinds of people have been remixing. I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. 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 My time, my time, reclaiming my time. My time, my time, reclaiming my time. Yeah, one of the other things that's happened more now is they're calling her Auntie Maxine. Of course, I, I believe she's nearly 80 years old, so you could be calling her Grandma Maxine, but Auntie's much more charitable. Is there some reason why I did not get a response uh, to the letter that I sent May 23rd? First of all, okay, let me just say that the Department of Treasury has cooperated extensively with the Senate Intel Committee, with the House Reclaiming Intel my time. Committee, Reclaiming with the my Senate time. Judiciary Reclaiming Committee. my time. Okay. Reclaiming Matter of my fact, time. Mr. Secretary, the, the time belongs to the gentlelady from California. Or perhaps, Mr. Chairman, I don't understand the rules. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. I, I, I don't understand the rules. I really can't believe this. This is this is a meme. This is she's be, she's gone viral. She this is incredible. Just going to answer that. Just uh, let's go straight to this is another Mr. one. Chairman, I I'm making a point. Rules. You acknowledged that I shouldn't be interrupted, and that I would have reclaiming my time. Okay, so I think you're getting the point, although I I do have to play my favorite. Time belongs to the gentlelady from California. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. And do not take that away from my time. (laughs) Okay, so those are in the supporter sync, and I've linked to a few of them in the show notes. If if you want them, maybe for a ringtone or something, uh, it's it's shocking. It's amazing because what it does is it bubbles up to mainstream, and it keeps the the mainstream talking about Maxine Waters, the maverick of the left, Maxine Waters. Congresswoman Maxine Waters is trending right now for not letting Treasury Secretary. Manush, Manushin, my bad. Manushin. Of- 
I, you know, you know what happens to me too, Whoopi. It happens to the best of us. So uh, don't feel too bad. But uh, I do have to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this political coverage because it's it's this horrible bastardization for political commentary that drives people to a podcast. It's I just I thank you. Avoid her question at a congressional hearing, and she sparked a new catchphrase. Take a look. Being a resident of California, uh, I appreciate everything that Thank you've you done much, for the community I there. I don't want to take my time. I, I've, I also I have appreciated Re- the opportunity to meet with you my time. several times Reclaiming my when time. we were doing our... Mr. Chairman, I thought when you read... So The View does their coverage of, uh, of the clips that I've just played you, and of course they just love it. Even though she was actually kind of being rude over something that she didn't really follow the quite right procedure for which let's be honest that's what this place is all about i mean it's th- that whole place is like that's what they get off to is procedure <laughs> yes! Yes! now i believe maxine is coming here friday friday, friday. Yeah, so this is kind of why we're uh, fondling her balls right now she's gonna reclaim her she's time gonna right we're gonna give her her reclaiming my time so I just, uh, I just thank you, you, thank you so much. Uh, of course, they then have to do the viral thing, and so they, uh, there you go, they're all in, they're all in on President Maxine. Maxine twenty twenty. Ah, in page forty five. Maxine twenty eighteen. Maxine twenty eighteen. In page forty five. Reclaiming my time. I think CNN's taking this fake news thing to heart, and so they're really trying to demonstrate how seriously they take source-based reporting and the years of journalism that they have that influence their decisions. That's why it, it was a little awkward when CNN totally blew the Priebus announcement. There was rumor circulating that Rance Priebus was out, or Rance. I don't mean to whoopee that, but that's how it goes. Priebus was out. That's the rumor, but it hadn't been confirmed yet by the White House. And CNN goes on the air and says, Nope, that's fake news. Priebus is, he's in, he's safe. His job is good. Thumbs up, no problem. The problem was, that source was shit, and they totally exposed CNN for using shit sources on air. So this next conversation is... It's rather awkward. Thank you, uh, analysis, uh, you know, Gloria, it, it is uh, rather extraordinary. We've seen resignation now after resignation. Uh, Sean Spicer, the press secretary, resigned earlier in the week. His close friend and ally in the White House, Reince Priebus, is now gone. Right. And, I, you know, I, I think in a way the, the Reince Priebus departure is not a surprise. Uh, although there, we did get pushback on it today, but we had heard... When you say pushback, a lot of our viewers don't understand that. Are these people... <laughs> Awkward. Uncomfortable. <laughs> when you say pushback, a lot of our viewers don't understand that. Are these people... It's funny. That he, the thing he's laughing at is a lot of our viewers don't understand. That, that's a hilarious, because that, he must be thinking to himself, well, that's a fucking understatement. And it's so weird. Okay, so it's, this is when the awkward starts right here, is when that guy uncomfortably giggles. Pushback. A lot of our viewers don't understand that. Are these people simply out of the loop? They don't know what they're talking about? Or are they lying? Talking about the source. They're being vague because they're a little butthurt, but they're talking about the source that told them that Priebus was safe. Uh, it could be a little bit of both, um, and it, it could also... 
be that uh, that the person involved didn't know at that point? I, I mean, I you know, it's well, if it's hard to know, all I know is, you know, you're only as good as your sources and you have a source that tells you that Reince Priebus is uh, will be gone. And then you have a good source that tells you that's not that's not the case. And well, clearly the sources that were pushing you yes, away are not good sources. So you got to be careful <laughs> with those sources down the road. Yes. Uh, either they don't know what they're what they're talking about or they're lying. Well, so those sources presumably will right, go away. But I, you know, that's I'm not my the experience only one here, but, as a reporter. Oh, that's awkward, right? Let's say it's getting OK. So now it's getting awkward. Oh, you're only as good as your sources, and you have a source that tells you that Reince Priebus is... And so she says you're only as good as your sources, and then he goes on to attack her for her sources here. <laughs> See how that's got a little awkward here? We're pushing you yes, away are not that's... good sources, so you got to be careful with those sources <laughs> down the road. Uh, and then for you audio listeners, i gotta, I got to paint the scene. So when she does that awkward laugh, she also points at him like, yep, fuck you. That's right. Yeah, you're really making this hard. That we're pushing you yes, away are not that's... good sources, so you got to be careful with those sources. <laughs> down the road yes. uh, either they don't know what they're what they're talking about or they're lying well, so those sources presumably will right, go away. but I, you know That's I'm not the only one here yeah, as right. a reporter Thank Thank you. You. I'm not the only one here doing the reporting right. on this and when you get don't put this all on me this is there's a whole team they just tell me what to say differing stories from a white house mm-hmm. in which there are competing interests and you understand you have to understand the decider is the president of the united states and you know, we were told, or I was told, that the president had made his decision. But you never know until you know in these in these situations, particularly with Donald Trump. Particularly with this. With, with well, this let me White bring House. Caitlin into this. You want to know? I have a little mini bacon. I think Priebus was her source. I think he's been a leaker. He's been a leaker. So if, I think he might have been her source. She pings him over text. Hey, are, are you are you safe there? Yeah, you know, Trump and I have talked about it, but we're good. We're good. I'm not going anywhere. The new guy comes in, and he's like, no, he's got to go. Look, he's been leaking. He's got to go. And so Trump decides he's out, and then Priebus finds out (laughs) the hard way after he's told her he's safe. That's my one of my bacons for it. How about something for our friends over the over across the pond, as we say, although I don't think many of them listen anymore. Are you still listening? Are you still listening? I know a couple of you are, especially there in the chat room, but I feel like I feel like things have been so crazy here, it's been consuming a lot of our time. So a little catch-up story here. Prime Minister Theresa May has lost yet another of her top Brexit strategists. She was also recently voted Britain's most unpopular leader ever at this stage of a premiership. Nonetheless, despite the turmoil at home, she's enjoying a three-week-long break in Europe. Bolly Boyko has more than that. The Prime Minister was meant to be getting away from it all. But back in London, yet another member of her senior team has gotten away from her. Downing Street's now former Director of Strategy, Chris Wilkins, has quit. This follows four other resignations of May's closest aides. The Prime Minister has now been abandoned by the very people that helped set out her vision for Brexit. The choice is becoming ever more clear. Me and my team, with our eyes fixed on the future, strong and stable leadership with me as Prime Minister to see us through Brexit and beyond, or a coalition of chaos. But with the plan's architects no longer in the picture, Theresa May is short of advisers at a time when she needs them most. 
This critically wounded prime minister, she had a disastrous election campaign, an election campaign that she went into uh, 24% ahead and ended up losing. Uh, this latest resignation of Chris Wilkin is just another example of part of the disastrous team uh, that ran us into the election, uh, running off the ship uh, like rats. Um, I think that this is um, a, a wounded government and a wounded prime minister. Britain has less than two years to negotiate Brexit on its current course, but Brussels is still waiting for clarification of the UK's stance on key issues. And Theresa May's struggles don't end with Brexit. The scandal over the Grenfell fire disaster rages on. London's Metropolitan Police have now announced that local authorities are under suspicion of corporate manslaughter. Meanwhile, Theresa May has admitted that her party has been wrong on gay rights in the past, with May now being urged to compensate tens of thousands Thousands of men who had been convicted in the UK under anti-gay laws decades ago. So there's an update for you. Those of you that uh, are in that region, how would you rate the balance of that coverage? Obviously, skews negative, but how would you rate the balance of the accuracy? There's also another story that I'm not sure is 100% accurate. I haven't seen many retractions, although I did see a statement by the CEO... But here's the initial story. You can catch more beyond. You can keep going, gal. What's up? I'm sorry. You wanted to. You want to start over? Oh, okay. Here, there you go. You can catch more of Bianca's reports uh-huh. on the dark web from the Black Hat briefings in Las Vegas. Oh, everything about that sentence makes my brain hurt. Oh God, I wish I hadn't played it back. Later this week, you won't want to miss it. Oh yes, I will. iRobot's Roomba robotic vacuum cleaner has made a real revolution when it comes to in-house cleaning. It's a dream of any family to keep their home clean without actually having to do all the work. However, this smart vacuum cleaner may be collecting more data than dirt. RT correspondent Ashley Banks has more. Okay, I have to be honest. It did cross my mind about a month ago. We have uh, a small space. You know, it can't be more than 300 square feet, but I think it's probably more like 280. Um, With three kids and two adults, especially when we're at campsites that are sandy or gravel or dirty it gets so dirty in there so fast and then we have slides that have to come into our rv and uh that dirt goes under the slides and it can damage them so keeping on top of it i you know i I end up sweeping a couple times a day or vacuuming so it crossed my mind because this thing's also battery powered so i could charge it up using dc and then let it just run around i don't know if it's capable of cleaning an rv or not but it crossed my mind and i thought god that would even if it just did a even if it just made a 50% improvement, that would be really remarkable. But uh, now, now I'm not so sure. In the next three years, your personal data may be sold to Amazon, Apple, and Google, thanks to the robotic vacuum cleaner named Roomba. Roomba was created by parent company iRobot back in 2002. Over the last 15 years, the vacuum cleaner has become more and more advanced. iRobot says Roomba's greatest benefits are that it saves time, It's good for those who are disabled. It has advanced cleaning features that can detect changes between surfaces, such as hardwood flooring and carpet. And then there's minimal maintenance. So if the battery is running low on the device, it will recharge itself, enabling it to last for years. And after all, who wouldn't want somebody or something else to do all the dirty work for them? 
However, you may want to go back to vacuuming the old way because Roomba will soon be doing more than collecting your physical dirt. What? According to media reports, iRobot will use Roomba to collect and sell floor plans of your home yeah. and track how often Roomba empties the canister, determining how dirty or clean a household is. Now, you see, I don't, the floor plan thing, they're gonna, that'd be really weird data from an RV, but the tracking my behavior stuff, that's just where it begins. Just where it begins, my friends, and I'm not a fan of that. Looks like you guys say the coverage is fairly accurate. Could use some coverage of the uh, pro-Brexit side. And Veratunda also links to a YouTube video that you could search post-show called Raspberry Pi Vacuum Cleaner Part 1. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to sell that basically to advertisers to, to, to correlate it. It's really about getting all of the different data points. Just just when you empty your Roomba and when it vacuums on its own is is not what they're after. They're after an entire set of data from many companies that tells them what kind of slob you are. And then they can advertise directly to you. So that's that's pleasant. You know, one of the things that I always I always hear Sean Hannity defenders say is Sean Hannity is an opinion show. It's not news. Fox is news during the day. And then opinion at night, especially when O'Reilly was on and now, now Cucker Tuckerson. It's and the five or whatever it is. It's not news. That's opinion. So that's why this next clip really rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it'll be obvious right off the top why. But the information inside is worth hearing. But I, I feel like Sean Hannity can't use the shield of he isn't a news program. It's a commentary program after this clip. He has now null and voided that argument. And welcome back to Hannity and Fox News Alert. According to an explosive new report by The Hill's John Solomon, newly declassified memos. Fox News Alert, all right? You got the swooshy thing with the ding, and you say it's a Fox News Alert. And welcome back to Hannity and Fox News Alert. According to an explosive new report by The Hill's John Solomon, newly declassified memos detail how the National Security Agency and FBI violated your civil liberties during the Obama years. Here on this explosive report from the Hill, John Solomon, CircaNews.com, Sarah Carter. Uh, it starts out. I don't think TV's ever seen me with glasses before. Then he puts glasses on like a news anchor while he reads a report. Now he's doing the news anchor thing. The National Security Agency, FBI, uh, violated specific civil liberties protections and during the Obama years, improperly searching, disseminating raw intelligence on Americans, failing to promptly delete unauthorized intercepts. This is exactly where we all started together in many ways. Tell us what you got. So he just he just he just slammed through that like an excited maniac because he's he's really beside himself. Essentially, there is a report. I think this is what I'm grokking from his excitement and from their discussion later on. This report is essentially damning. It says that there were people's names unmasked and then distributed within the government. There was actually classified information, and then they had to recall that information. Well, guess what doesn't happen? So lots of people had their hands on names, associates with Trump that shouldn't have had them, which was essentially national NSA data. A lot of people had what is normally hidden, revealed, 
and then it was disseminated amongst all kinds of levels of the federal government. Then employees had that information, and then the FBI had to send out a recall. That's right. I think in March we talked, well, we find out that some of the unmaskings were improper, illegal, and, and these documents for the first time show that there were instances where the FBI, the NSA, unmasked American names, sent them across the intelligence uh, community, and then had to call them back because it was illegal to have had those names. There's other, other things, too. They, they searched Americans' names illegally. They uh, shared illegal uh, information with people who weren't entitled to get Americans' names. So all the abuses that we were worried about at the beginning when we started talking Is about this the story. Is this Brennan and Clapper? Because I suspect Brennan and Clapper and Rhodes and Rice and others still have their hands in the deep state. Well, there's no doubt that this occurred on Barack Obama's watch. These are violations from 2009 to 2016. And I think their greatest impact, and I think Sarah could talk about this, is this may affect whether this law, this Section 702 law that allows spying uh-huh. on Americans, whether it gets renewed in December. Ah ha 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 Yes, 702. The mother of all loopholes that allows the NSA to really be part of the network and monitor all of the things. This is the big, big one. This is the big one, guys. Section 702, which you've been hearing me talk about all year, all year for six months now. And during a lot of testimony footage that we've played, they've talked about renewing Section 702. In fact, whether this law, the Section 702 law that allows spying on Americans, whether it gets renewed in December. This is important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now what we know in talking to people on the Hill in Congress is that there are not enough votes to renew Section 702. And I can tell you that the intelligence community really relies on Section 702. Yeah, they're really hamstrung. That's why it's going to have to pass. To track terrorists, to, to search emails and financing, to prevent possible attacks i love that that's what they come up with you know to you know you know um terrorists and uh their their shitty emails uh but the violation of these of this law is has become such a threat right now that neither the house or i mean the house right now does not have enough votes to pass it they want one accountability they want an investigation I know people want to know who the leakers are, and they want accountability. Yeah, I think, you know what? They really should have all of that before 702 gets renewed. That's a really, really good point. While we're talking about this kind of stuff, this deep state stuff, I want to play the remainder of the uh, Hirsch tape where uh, he really takes a big crap on Brennan the director of the CIA, and says that it's his operation. This whole Russia scandal is his, his operation. And his insights at the end... I, I really found interesting. He is, going to, he is going to tell you why Brennan and the CIA and the, the, as a whole, like uh, Mike Morrell and uh, Clapper, the director of the intelligence apparatus, why they were also in with Hillary. And it was for a really, really selfish reason. It wasn't, it wasn't because they thought she was going to be the best president. I can tell you right now, Brennan's an asshole. Uh, I've known all these people for years. Clapper's sort of a better guy, but not rocket scientist. The NSA guy's a fucking moron. And they all, you know, the trouble with all those guys is that the only the only way they're going to make it to a board or two and get, you know, by, by, uh, hired by SAIC to deliver some fat cat contract is if Hillary stayed in. With Trump, they're gone. You know, they're done. They're going to live in their pension. They're not going to. Let's stop right there. So Brennan, he says, is an asshole. Uh, he says that the NSA guy's a moron. He says the only reason they're all in with Hillary is because if Trump got in, if Trump gets in, I can't remember the timing of this, if Trump gets in, all they get is a pension. 
Think about that for a second. Is that not the most typical government bureaucratic thing? If Hillary gets in, they get a big, sweet contract somewhere as an advisor, which we see happen all the time under Obama. Didn't we see that happen all the time? All the time. That's, anybody, as soon as you were done with government, you... But, but you're right. But the, I mean, he's right. Hirsch is right. Now, in, now, we have, now we have retrospect on when this uh, Hirsch recording was. Chat room, can anybody in the chat room know when the Seymour Hirsch recording's from? I know it was posted three weeks ago. But now we now we see what's happened when people have left because Clapper's left, Brennan's out. We see what happens is they just retire. But in the past, they would have gotten big fatty contracts. So he is essentially right. And he says that's why they were behind Hillary, because they wanted them fatty contracts. But Trump, they're gone. You know, they're done. They're going to live in their pension. They're not going to make it. And I got to tell you, guys in that job, they don't want to live on their pension. They, they want to be on board like they're make six hundred thousand bucks for going to four visits. I have somebody, I have somebody on the inside. You know, I've been around a long time. and I read a lot of stuff. I have somebody on the inside who will go and read a file for me. This is Seymour Hirsch right here saying, "I have somebody on the inside." Which, boy, I bet he really hates that this got out. I got somebody on the inside who will go just read a classified FBI file for me. That's my source. This person is unbelievably accurate and careful. He's a very high-level guy. He'll do a favor. You're just going to have to trust me. I have what they call it in my business, long-form journalism. I have a narrative of how that whole fucking thing began. You know, it's interesting. He starts, so uh, he's talking about uh, what he considers himself, which is a long-form journalist, which is exactly what I consider unfiltered. I, I, uh, I don't know. I just think that's an interesting parallel. It's like we have a long-form l- coverage that evolves over time, and, uh, and uh, it's... It's, it's like a time machine when you go back and listen to it and you can see when Russia first got started, we first started talking about Russia, when we first tra- started talking about Seth Rich or when Trump really started to pull ahead, all of it is captured. And really, it, all, it goes back even further. It goes back. What's great is it, it goes back to 2012. Right. So there's there's all of the lead up to all of this and, and the issues we were struggling during with and before. It's just it's really incredible. And I consider this show one continuous piece of journalism in a sense. That's a really loaded word. So I'm just kind of co-opting it there because I think we need a new fr- – oh, hi, hi, Seymour. I think we need a new phrase other than journalism. But uh, if you use a different word, I, I kind of am really on board with what he's saying. I have what they call it in my business long-form journalism. I have a narrative of how that whole fucking thing began. It's a Brennan operation. It was an American disinformation and fucking the fucking president – at one point when they they even started telling the press, they were back briefing the press. The head of the NSA was going and telling the press, this fucking cocksucker Rogers was telling the press. He really doesn't like the NSA guy. He just called him a sea sucker. So just, to, just so we are clear, he's saying that this entire Russia stuff is an American PSYOP campaign started by Brennan. That's what he's saying. And that the president's involved, and he's kind of pissed about it. And if you think about it, they, they have... Uh, there is that act that they I can't remember it now because I wasn't planning to talk about it but the act that talks about propaganda there, that law is removed so it's, it's legal propaganda in the US it, by the US government is 100% legal they started telling the press they were back briefing the press the head of the NSA was going and telling the press this fucking cocksucker Rogers was telling the press uh, that we even know who in the GRU, the Russian and the Russian military intelligence service, leaked it. I mean, all bullshit. They were telling these two. I worked at the New York Times for fucking years. And some of the fucking New York Times that they have smart guys, but they're totally beholden on sources. 
it's the president or the national head of the CIA tells them something, they actually believe it. I was hired at the Times to write about it to go after the war, in the Vietnam War in 72, because they were just locked in. So that's what the Times is. These the Times is locked into sources, so if they have sources that tell them X, they write X is true because that's all they have. It's it's where their businesses ended up. Because they were just locked in, so that's what the Times is. These guys run the fucking Times, and Trump's not wrong. But, I mean, I, I wish he would calm down and had a better press secretary. They don't, they don't uh. be so, Trump's not wrong to think they all fucking lied about him. He says Trump's not wrong to think they're all fucking lying about him. So that's the uh, that was what's remainder that we didn't really get to play in the main part of the show. How do you like that? Now, how about a little weird news? From the what could go wrong department, a little human embryo editing. In a lab in Oregon, as scientists fertilized human eggs, they also swapped out some DNA, correcting defective genes that carry disease. Oh, here we go proving it is possible to genetically modify human embryos. Oh, good. fueling a growing debate. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that I think is inevitable. It's going to be hard to control, hard to regulate because the technology is so accessible. According to MIT's technology review, which first reported on the breakthrough, the scientists used a technique called CRISPR, <laughs> already used with partial success in China. Essentially a way to cut and paste DNA, replacing unwanted genetic information. Scientists say it could someday eliminate inherited diseases like some cancers, hemophilia, and sickle cell anemia. In Bloomfield, New Jersey, Michael Goodwin and his wife Faja are afraid to have children. He has sickle cell. She's a carrier. If I could prevent my kid from having to be up in pain and crying 24-7, I would do anything in my power to stop that. Of course. Of course. What parent wouldn't? I don't think any parent wouldn't, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, we are about to get into a whole new territory, like splitting the atom. We are about to really go down a rabbit hole. That's all right. The Earth will be fine. The Earth will be fine. Okay, so there's there's this weird tendency that I think a lot of us have noticed with our president, Donald Trump. Maybe not your president, but here in the States, he's our president. And uh, <laughs> it's that he lies about anything. It seems to be pathological. He just lies for no reason. Like he lied to say he, he, he apparently lied and said that the Boy Scouts called him and said it was the best speech they'd ever had. They later released a statement saying, we never called him. We never said that. And now today, same thing. Trump claims that the Mexican president called him. And congratulated him on the security of the border. And then the Mexican president releases a statement saying he never called him. As you know, the border was a tremendous problem. And now close to 80% stoppage. And even the president of Mexico called me. They said their southern border, very few people are coming because they know they're not going to get through our border. Oh, yeah. Which is the ultimate compliment. So, Kate, that might have been the ultimate compliment for Donald Trump. But it also might not have happened. The president of Mexico, Enrique Peña released a statement today saying that he has not spoken to Donald Trump recently over the phone. But we know that the last time they met was at the G... So stop there. So you, you know what's funny about that is 
uh, I wonder if Donald Trump just banks on the fact that the guy's not going to say anything. Ah, you know, we're too important. So he's not going to rebuke that. I can say that. But the guy wants to just keep sticking it to Trump. He just wants to keep sticking it to him. And so he calls him out on it. It's He didn't have to do that. But it's it's it exposes yet again that he just seems to lie about anything. And um, I don't know what to make of that. It seems to be a peculiar trait of his. Or it's either that or his recollection's off. Or... There's a constant disinformation campaign at every level and rebuking every single thing. Like somebody sitting back and listening to every interview with Trump and writing down, oh, he said Mexican. Okay, let's go release a tweet about this. I, I, can't, I, I can't fathom it, really. It's, it's really something. Um, okay, so, you know, I, I talked about uh, getting, uh, calling out Maxine Waters. Here's the clip of that. I forgot I actually Maxine had a clip Waters, of this. a Democratic congressman, gets so rich... Waters has held elected office for pretty much continuously 40 years. She represents one of the poorest districts in California. Yet somehow she lives in a $4.3 million mansion in one of the richest and whitest neighborhoods in L.A., which, by the way, is not even in her own district. Now, we're not alleging wrongdoing here, but really, how did that happen? The New York Times talked to Waters recently, and here's how she responded to this show in our question. Quoting now, I own several properties. The way he, me, talked about it is, what right does an African-American woman have to do well? He doesn't know anything about my investments, about the house that I've lived in for 25, 30 years. This idea of how could she afford that is racist, and I just dismiss it. Oh. In other words, we're bigots for asking the question. You surprised? I mean, what else was she going to say? By the way, it doesn't look like she's lived in that house for 25 or 30 years. Real estate records suggest she just bought it 13 years ago and has spent an awful lot since to remodel it. So again, where'd the money come from? Maybe she borrowed it from relatives. Yeah, that's what it was. That's that's what it was. So there you go. That's what the uh, stand-up was, or the send-up was, I guess is what they called it. <laughs> I don't know where they get that from. Uh, there is a lot going on in uh, Venezuela. We have Venezuela. One clip, and then uh, whoa, hello there. And then we're going to get out of here. Two leading opposition figures in Venezuela are in prison after their house arrest privileges were reportedly revoked overnight. The development comes just two days after Sunday's vote for a constituent assembly in Venezuela, a process which has been heavily criticized by the United States. For more, we go live now to RT's Marina Portnaya in Miami. Uh, Marina, both of the men detained overnight denounced Sunday's election and had previously been jailed. What more can you tell us? What a situation in Venezuela. What a situation. It is remarkable. I, uh, I, I have uh, a couple of more clips in the supporter sync. If you are still getting the BitTorrent sync and want to watch that, I would really recommend it. Now, I also have uh, a little Adam Schiff uh, here, a little compilation. You know, he, he has a hard time commenting on things in this Russia investigation. But if you do the math, um, he's been, uh, I believe, since January, he has done 14 hours of TV coverage about Trump and Russia. That's the new number, and I have a clip in the supporter sync that talks about that. And here's a little example and a taste of uh, what most of that 14 hours has been. Have you seen any evidence of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign? Uh, Wolf, that's not something that I can comment on at this point. Is that true? Well, I can't comment on who may or may not be the subject of investigation. Well, unfortunately, uh, most of that I really can't uh, comment on. I can't comment on who uh, Bob Mueller may be looking at. I can't comment on what evidence we've been presented. I can't comment on what's been presented to us. Well, I can't comment on whether those uh, reports are accurate. I can't comment on what uh, Bob Mueller may or may not be investigating. I can't really comment on them specifically. I can't comment uh, on what our committee is looking into. Beyond that, what's in the public domain, I really can't comment. I can't 
can't answer that in terms of the investigation. I can't comment on the content of any material. I can't comment on anything we may be learning uh, privately. I can't uh, comment beyond the public reports. I, I can't comment and I can't comment. Uh, you know, I can't comment. I can't comment and I can't comment. Chris. You kind of get the idea. <laughs>